the College Show Podcast, episode 139, listeners, child, thanks for tuning in. We've got two guests on the pod this week. I'm uh, back live in person with Nick Gentiletti. We're going to catch up with him, see what he's been up to. Uh, we're going to rant a little bit. I'm going to rant a little bit about life in downtown, in downtown areas. Um, rail a little bit against against multinational corporations. We'll talk a little bit about Lorenzo Insigne, a little bit about big uh, Rom Lukaku, what we can expect of Atalanta and Milan in the Champions League and in the league this year. Maybe some teams that may or may not contend. I'll put Nick on the spot about his Venezia uh, endorsement and much more. Plus, we've got a fun interview with Jeff Nadeau of Barstool Sports um, reviewing Netflix original series Fear City, New York versus the Mafia. Jeff is, is something of a an American organized crime history connoisseur. So we reviewed the series. It was a fun. Uh, it was a fun time. It was a great chat. We hope you're really gonna enjoy it. The Lega starts in just a week. So let's fucking go, man. Let's get right into it. Let's uh, let's start ramping it up a little bit ahead of the start of the 2021-22 Lega uh, Serie A season. Yeah, that's it. Enjoy the pod. Jenna Letty and I had a really fun time uh, catching up for you guys. So uh, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy the pod, listeners. Let's throw it over to our boy Pino. Take it away. Let's go. Catenazzo che donna sei Io delle donne non mi fido Il corteggiamento è un rito Troppo spesso si finisce Che una donna ti tradisce E non mi importa se son bionde Non mi importa se son more A me basta che siano tonde E disposte a far l'amore Io da bambino veramente fui cacciato dalla scuola Perché la professoressa mi faceva molto gore Quando facevo il militare Poi la moglie del tenente mi faceva le moine Di una presa tra la gente Perciò bambina Se sono qui per te stasera è una fortuna. Andiamo! Let's go! Let's go! Let's do it, Sam. We're back. What's going on, bro? What is this right now? Is this a microphone? I honestly forget how to hold this a little bit. Do I sound okay? Good? We're good? You just need to do it on the table. Keep it fist from your face, bro. Dude. We haven't done a pod in person in like a year and a half. Has it been a year and a half? In person, yeah, not not in person. Yeah, you've been out for a few months now, but we were still we were still soldiering on for a while. Or you were still soldiering on, even when you were, you know, when you when you when your heart wasn't in it anymore. We were still potting, but it was yeah, uh, yeah. We had the we we had transitioned to uh, V two of the studio at that point, which is uh, still HQ for the Calcio podcast. Right yeah, now. yeah, exactly. Your basement. Well, it's it's still yeah, it's still where the pod gets recorded. Yeah, definitely. But uh, my God, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was still like, like the, the 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 master, the motherboard was still there. Like like the the, the master controls were still were still in the studio. But uh, <laughs> no, you were virtual. You were virtually calling in, dude. We got so lazy with it because once we realized that we were able to pot on Zoom, oh, like, the game changer. Like the forty five. Like like you know, once you move, once you moved across the city. The, the half hour it would have taken us to even just, you know, we lived right next door to each other. The 10-minute trek to each other's house became treacherous. So much more convenient when you find out you could just end the pod and jump into bed. Dude, There's no going back. No, I, I totally agree with you, man. I mean, I know you listen to a shit ton of podcasts. Like I do. All right, we're back. Yeah, sorry. Dude, like, like a minute in. A minute in, we had a fucking audio issue already. And, Classic. Uh, it feels like I never left, honestly. Well, b- while we were disconnected, you said... I, this makes me realize I think I made the right decision. 
Which, I, in leaving, I, I, because, I, I, because I the issue removed the word "think." I don't the may, the may, <laughs> you know it was the right decision. <laughs> this confirms it was the right decision. I mean, like we used to spend a lot of time. We were talking, so, so bro, we, we used to spend we were the talking, first forty-five minutes at your house trying to figure out tech issues. We, we were talking about how we transitioned to a year and a half ago, uh, before you um, decided to step back, and. Yeah, like, like like this used to be the norm. Like we would have issues every single fucking time. We would restart it. Reason we're not doing oh, that anymore. Me up. It would the reason we're yeah, but then it would be off. so weird because we would have to restart. Like, hey, how you doing? You know, it's us. You know, it's, it's us. So like fake. we were speaking for the first time, and we're not, just not, not gonna. Fake, no. Well, it kind of what? Well, it wasn't fake. It was just <laughs> we were trying to reproduce it. I guess it kind of was fake. I don't know, bro. No, I mean, no. it only happened a handful of times. Not but fake, it, but, but just it was hiding the fr- but hiding the frustrations. It wasn't you were, fake. You were so frustrated. <laughs> nah, so we're not gonna hide it this time. Yeah. So we, we just we kind of interrupted the conversation that we were having, and I think you just probably faded out for about twenty seconds there, thirty seconds. But you were talking about how like this is the new normal, and you were like, "Fuck, I shouldn't have said the new normal because that's what everyone says now." And dude, I was at the DMV last week, or like the SAAQ, which is like it's it's, it's they're sack. Yeah, it's, it's the, for the Quebecois listeners. Yeah, it's Shout the, out. Yeah, which to be fair, no, not a ton of. I mean, it's not a huge percentage of the listenership that's in Montreal. Just show my respect. According to the demographics. Show my respect. Right, of course. That's fair, but um, so so the the Quebec version of the, of the motor vehicle department. I don't know what does the DMV stand for in the states. <laughs> the department of motor vehicles. What, I have no clue. I think that's literally what I just said. Yeah. Is so, it that? Yeah. So, dude, I'm waiting in line to get a new license because I got my license when I was 16, eight years ago. And, uh, bro, I had the same picture. I've had the same picture since I fucking got my license. And they renewed it for another 10 years till 2029. I'm going to be 32 years old. I'm still going to have the picture from when I was fucking half that age, 16. So I was like, okay, this is a bit much. But why didn't you change it? You could change I, it. Well, I did. That's what I, went to, that's what I went there for. I paid like 10 bucks. To just go and take a picture just so that I could have a, a picture of me with like facial hair, you know, what I mean? so I don't look like a child when I get, uh, you know, a fucking DUI when I'm when I'm when I'm 29 years old. When you're when you're when so, you're in your midlife crisis and you're in a downfall. So, at, yeah, like because they'll just renew it forever. Right. I don't know if I don't know if they would have made you go in. They certainly used to probably make you have to go in. But I mean, now they've got it all. How in the far do you think you could push it? Like where you're like seventy years old. That's my. That's my point. I didn't want to find 16. out. I didn't want to find that'd be, out. That'd be fucking hilarious. I know. I, I don't know. See, I don't know if pre-COVID they were having people go in, but like it's way more efficient if you just renew the card. They have a picture in a computer database. So, whatever. I, I went to wait in line, and there's these two guys behind me, and dude, there's like a strip club near the DMV that I went to. You remember last? Remember La Source? Yeah. La Source to Sex. In the West Island on Source. All you have to do to explain to people is it's like a strip club in a in a strip mall in the suburbs. And yeah. you can so, just imagine that. Yeah. I've never been. I've never been to a strip club. But I've heard that there are great wings there. Uh, it's like the thing that everyone goes there thing for. everyone goes for. So I, have you been? No. You've never been? Uh, to, to a strip club or to that one? I've no, never been. No, maybe once. That one. That's the only one you've been to? Like It's an no. institution in the part of the city where we grew up. So yeah, in any event, yeah, it's like, a, like yeah. listen, listen. We're loosely throwing around the word institution. No, right it there. is, it is. Listen, so, so, you're waiting in line outside. You're, you're, everyone's lining up outside to go in, to the office, because COVID protocols and shit. Even though like cases are way down, most of the people are fucking double vaccinated. Well, whatever. It's a government institution. People got you know optically they got it. They got to respect rules and shit. I so think there were line, there were lines out that place pre-COVID, anyways. Maybe they, they, the, they serve the they serve one customer every thirty fucking minutes at the DMV uh, SAAQ. It's the worst place. But on I earth. digress. It's the worst place. On it's earth. the worst place on it. One of them. 
Like, I have PTSD. Airports, I feel are, my airports are up there. Airports, arguably, are terrible. Especially right now. But at least when you're at an airport. You have a destination to go to. Even when you're coming home. Like, you have something to look forward to. You know, being on a plane sucks. Just, you know, the, the air sucks. You know, you're breathing in the same fucking pneumonia as, 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 as everyone else on the plane. Like, it's a little disgusting. I don't know. I, 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 can, I can be down with airports. I usually sleep on planes to survive. But I wish. I wish I could sleep on planes. Dude, dude. So, so we're, we're lined up outside, right? And it's like in the air. Everyone knows. Everyone knows where we are. It's like, it's like the elephant in the room, okay? Like fucking La Source is across, from this, is across this fucking street. It's two weeks ago. It's on a Monday morning, okay? Dude, these two guys behind me uh, who know each other. I think one guy's getting like his trucker license renewed. Um, two guys are behind me. One guy is there kind of in solidarity, I guess, with his friend. And they kind of like, they do the little nod. You know, and they kind of nod across the street and they go, hey, what do you say? You want to go get some wings? They're half joking, right? It's fucking like 11 a.m. on a Monday, right? And, you know, one guy, you know, so the, his friend chuckles. And then some some suburban woman comes up to them out of nowhere and says, oh, hi, oh, hi uh, Tyrone, uh, hi. Um, you, you coach my son Ryan's football team? No. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I no. just to see the dynamic of the conversation ship. No, so she didn't hear what they were saying. She just walked in. She recognized them like even a fucking mask on and shit. Recognized him across the parking lot and she was waiting in line as well. And Stopped she's, him dead in his and she's like He didn't get no wings. No, 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 but dude. So she's like striking up a conversation with him. That's not the point. It's not about the strip club. But like the tone of the conversation just shifted where now he's like this coach talking to like, a, 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 you know, a pupil that he coaches uh, who probably looks up to him, you know, as a, as a, as a second fatherly figure. He's talking to his mother, you know. And she's got nothing to say. She's like, yeah, you know, it's so crazy, you know. But, like, yeah, I guess this is this is the new normal, you know. And I'm just – I'm bleeding, bro, from my fucking – from my ears, you get You could take your – pull out your COVID bingo card and fucking <laughs> check all the boxes. I thought it was going to have an aneurysm, bro. But by the way, you were right about uh, Fiorentina. We were talking before about Bistecca la Fiorentina. It does have bone. I, I totally forgot. Yeah, it's so it's a, it, it is a T-bone steak, no? It is. Uh, we should give a little context as to as to what's going on. So, yeah, so we're listeners, kinda, we're kind of all over. The yeah, we're all over the place. We had a fucking what else is new? Right in. What else is new? Listeners, welcome to episode number one thirty nine of the Cultural Podcast. One thirty nine. Fuck. Samadamo coming at you. Yeah, man. We've been rocking and rolling without you, bro. Pod's been doing very well. I'm not gonna lie. I'm <laughs> sure it has. It's been doing bad. We've been getting more listeners, which is great. I'm really happy. But you know, wouldn't have been possible. Been put with in you. a lot of work. You're on the Mount Rushmore of the pod for sure. Well, I appreciate that. But uh, well, it was your idea. You pushed me to do this. <laughs> But yeah, you, so your first pod in a while, first one in person, which is which is fucking awesome. Like we're just rolling way more than we normally would. Yeah. So we're at your condo in downtown Montreal, and just give people a little bit of a context. Yes, we will get the calcio, no stress. Don't worry, chill. Don't worry about it. We do have a great interview lined up in a little bit with uh, Jeff Nadu of Barcelona. <laughs> incredible. I just, I just need to share my sentiments on how how that how you managed to make that happen uh oh, he's a great guy for, for any 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 listeners of the podcast that do like uh, we'll get into a little bar, context barstool, later uh, it's, it's nuts yeah, a, lot nuts. Of, a lot of nuts a lot of a lot of listeners in the states uh, uh excuse me a lot of our listeners are in the states and yeah so, so uh, you know it's very possible that a lot of you guys do follow bar so we'll get into that in a little bit but yeah great pod lined up uh we're going to be reviewing fear city new york versus the mafia the netflix series so if uh, you realize that we got a pop quiz now and you haven't done your homework, pause the pod, go uh, take uh, three hours. God damn, that's, that's like two, two, three pods worth of time. But okay, let me put it this way. Your, your, your experience listening to the interview later will be much enhanced if you watch the series, if you watched it beforehand. Uh, I notified you guys last week on 138, so hope you did your fucking homework. 
But yeah, so so Jenna Letty and I, before we get into some cultural action and shit, just some news, Heroes Thrones, all that shit. We're at your place in downtown Montreal. We uh, we uh, had some uh, some steaks. I picked up some uh, some Argentine uh, fillet and some ribeye at a local butcher, dude. Fantastic. Walk, walked in there, man. The smell was incredible. No is a fantastic. With some Chianti, we were debating because I almost asked them if they wanted to to cut a nice steak Fiorentina if they were able to. And I said no. I decided I wanted a little variety instead because Fiorentinas are huge, right? Massive. You got tomahawks. They're, more, they're meant for like two people. A Fiorentina uh, unless, like, unless, you eat, uh, unless they eat like you and maybe you could finish one there. But I eat so much, bro. Some one around Fucking skinny. animal. Yeah, dude. Dude, I, I, I lost a little body fat. I was, I was fucking I was shitting on myself for being skinny fat during the Euro when I saw a bad picture of myself. And I took the bull by the horns. I stopped cheating, man. Eating a lot of red meat, man, gets gets a bad rap, but it's unreal. And, and it, listen, it tastes fucking amazing. Um. We were debating, yeah. So, dude, like, if, I don't know. I think a, a Fiorentina is probably like, you ever have a tomahawk cut for like two people? A Fiorentina is kind of like the most that you could hit as one person. It's like half a tomahawk. I mean, for me personally, like, if I'm starved, what did we have today? We had like 15 ounces of steak. Probably. Like, that's perfect for me if I'm starved. Little Chianti. 15, 16. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. That's a nice wine on the roof. And now we're vibing. And now we're flowing. We're really into vibing. A podcast. Yeah, we got, we got, I got, I got, I got Uber Eats on the way now. I got dessert on the way. I got a fucking blizzard. And, dude. I got, I got some crazy Dairy Queen on the way, man. And I know you're... Let it be known, I abstain. You're starting intermittent fasting. I know, But, dude, like, if you, wanna, if you want to sip a, like, the milkshake or something... I, I'm good. You're, you're more than welcome. <laughs> I'm good, thank Open you. Open your door to me. So, this is my first time at your place. It is. Um, Are you liking it? I love the place. I hate, like, downtown, bro. So, I made a point of, like, just coming downtown and running some running some errands today that I so, have to run. And, again, and I need this is where I need to interject. You hate life downtown as a suburbanite who has to thing. travel downtown... Sit in traffic, find parking. You can't park here. Brother. You can't park here for an hour. Then the sidewalks busted here. The pipes coming out of the street there. That's what you hate. Did you see? Did you see? There's also rats and shit. Did you see? There's. I guarantee you, there's rats in one of your neighbor's homes. Somewhere. It's possible. It's possible, but they're harder to run into. Like, like, look. So, it's not just. Don't you just hate bro. when you run into a rat like on the street. Does that happen to you? <laughs> no, but that's you're making it sound like. <laughs> no, they're harder to run into. Happen to me, happen to me like, once. Like they're like they're they're the, oh look at the rats walking down the happen street. Happen to me once. Away. Dude, apparently it's like fucking day to day life in New York, and that's that's my point. If you go to if you go to Manhattan, okay, if you go to downtown Manhattan or uptown Manhattan, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. If I, I'm not going to proclaim to know different neighborhoods of Manhattan, but if you go into like the urban area of Manhattan, okay. Oh man, just fucking Toronto, bro. I bet you go to fucking Melbourne, you go to London, it's the same thing. Like a lot of a lot of very western cities. And listen, don't get me wrong, Naples is dirty, Roma is dirty, okay? Napoli's dirty. But parts of Milano, bro, like the 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 type of person that you'll run into will will give you the same vibes as in downtown of an American city, okay? But it's a little bit different. I don't know why. The infrastructure is a little bit older. In a lot of I bet you Paris too. Very similar. Although Paris does have a lot of old shit, a lot of old buildings. I promise you, if you go to downtown Paris, you as a person who doesn't go there often, who wants to just go shop and thinks, oh, you know, we're going to go downtown, you fucking fall out of love with it 20 minutes after you arrive. Walking down the street, just running into the... I don't know, bro. Everyone looks like they got a frown on their face. Everyone looks like they're hot shit. And I realized, I caught myself doing it. Like, I realized, like, walking down the street, I look like a fucking thug. I, 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 I did. Because... Well, part why? Of, I don't know. Like I, just, I look like an angry guy, and I'm not. I'm an idiot who jokes on the po- who jokes on a fucking pod once a week, you know, and talks about stupid shit. And I, I have a laugh and converse with anyone, 
but it's just something about being downtown that brings down a cuntiness, being in an urban setting, and I couldn't put my finger on it. Having said that, I love your place. I don't know if I could be able to live yeah, downtown, yeah, but, bro. But you're, I mean, imagine you saying that about a city that we live in in Montreal. Like, imagine New York. Everyone's go, go, go. No one gives a fuck. You know, someone... You people can, are very direct there, People apparently. are walking across the street. For, I think of the disparity of wealth between two people that cross the street, yeah. across each other. You know, like a multi-billion dollar... I'm oh, sorry, billion. A multi-million dollar, let's say, like executive walking by, you know, a cashier at McDonald's on the same street corner. Like... Everything, try, try crackheads, and you say everything's go 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 in New York. You're complaining about a city in Montreal that is very much, very much laid back, um, cultural. I, I'm just, I don't know. I'm open just, I'm to having say, fun. I'm you sound like a you cranky you lose fucking all old man. That's you lose saying. all that when you go to a main downtown area where there's a lot of shops. I'm telling you. You sound like a cranky old man. I promise. You, go to the Foot Locker. Sam, any, I live. Sam, I live. Go downtown. to Foot Locker of Lon- in London. Okay, go to Foot Locker in Toronto. Go to Foot Locker in L.A. I promise you. You will, you will, uh, if you drop me in any one of the cities, I'm gonna think I'm in the same set. It will, uh, you know, other than the language, the accents that may surround me, I will think I would think I'm in the same place. I'm with the same people. We all think the same. I, right on, I can't disagree with you more on this. I uh, honestly, I love visiting different cities, downtowns. I love it as Depends. much as I as much as I love. Yeah. I uh, not you know, you know, you know I feel like, I feel like being a city person or a not city person. People look at it as like a as like a binary thing. It's like oh, like I'm more of a country person or a city person. And I'm like, I love both. Like I love the fact that I live downtown during the week. You know, you feel like you're never alone. There's always people. There's always stuff happening. And you can also disconnect too, and I don't know. You just sound like a grumpy old man right I now. That's so. what I'm gonna sound. That's, you know, uh, you, you got to appreciate half the time on the pod now, bro. You got to appreciate. You shit. visit. You visit different city centers. You see how the different cultures work. How the people move. The, you know, open your mind. I will tell you what was. Funny. I'm, I'm I'm surprised about that from you for someone who actually likes traveling and stuff. I, I do like traveling. Like I do like travel. Centers. I do like traveling. But I would, I would think you like city centers. I'm talking about where fucking. You know, listen, if you go to the Burger King in Lisbon. Portugal, it's the same. Vibe. For all you're doing is picking, you're picking franchises, you're picking yeah. multinational yeah. franchises. Yeah. But that, that, what are you complaining about countries for? That's, every single, Sam, every that's the whole single point of a multinational bro, franchise. Every it's single, supposed to feel the same in every country. Every you go single to. major city. Bro, you're talking about McDonald's, Burger King. When I'm talking, no, I like urban. I like urban living. I do. I, I can fuck with it. What I'm saying is that in every given major metropolitan metropolitan area okay there's a there's a three block segment of the city where a bunch of multinationals set up you got a burger king you got a mcdonald's you have a footlocker you have an h&m you have a zara and and, and that area is uh, awful i don't well, know what we want to talk we want to talk about uh, we're gonna get into a deeper conversation your capitalism you want to talk about that you're against <laughs> capital you're anti you're gonna post that on the on the, but twi- I'm saying, on the twitter headline. i guarantee you i could podcast I is anti-capitalism i guarantee you i could have struck up a conversation with anyone on the road anyone on the street and it would have been normal but just the way they walk the way they look it's just something about like it's just like everyone's playing playing this role downtown it's weird it's really weird you know what's funny, dude? My my nose is so fucked up, man. I just, I just want to say, I feel like and the I, way that you just explained that, it's like you're looking as at it as if like you don't belong in the in the picture. Like you're watching everyone like be a role. Or here's whatever. The, no, here's the thing. I I caught myself doing it. I caught myself looking like looking like a cunt, and 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 the reason for that is. You always look like a cunt. Yeah, different now, bro. I look like a real fucking thug, and I, you know, I, I I'm not that tall. I'm not that intimidating or looking a guy. But dude, like, like I got a, I got a couple black eyes now, 
And people were looking at me. I caught, I caught a couple kids looking at me, bro. Is that your, hey, is that your phone? Is Uber here? Yeah. Pick it up. Answer. What's his name? Put it on speaker. I already let him in. We're good. You let him in? Okay, yeah. we're good. Not, dude, there were a couple of kids on the street that uh, saw me with my two black eyes and looked up at me. And I could tell they wanted to, you know, you know what's funny? You ever see like, you ever see, uh, you ever catch, you ever catch yourself like staring at someone like on crutches or like in a wheelchair or something or someone making a scene, whatever, across the street, like two people are having an argument, whatever. There's some, you, you feel like there's something that kind of, you want to see what the level of like, what the level of the issue is, right? You want, so you turn, but you don't want to be caught staring. So you right. kind of immediately pull yourself away. I saw people doing that with me. Like they were looking at me like I was a freak because I have a black eye. Right, you look like you got punched in the face twice. Look mad. Well, yeah, I broke my nose, bro. You know the story, but fuck me. Uh, oh, it's bad, bro. It's fucking bad. Looks bad, dude. Uh, What's I going down tomorrow morning? Fucking operation, bro. <laughs> dude, I, I yeah, know it's, it's not very man of the people. Sam's a man of the people, I know, but I got, I, dude, I, I got a flight to catch Pod next week. Pod from the fucking Greece, hospital bro. bed. Pod from the hospital bed. Nuts, do bro. it. You're fucking nuts. You should do it, man. Oh, you, but you're not being put under. That'd be hilarious if you potted like right after you came out of uh, the. People don't want to hear that, do it. I I complained about being skinny fat once, and people were writing comments on Instagram like, "Who the fuck wants to hear a guy talk about his weight?" People are probably punt. How long we've been? People going- were writing that to you. I, a couple of idiots, bro. We're two. We're twenty minutes. Granted, I mean it was during during the Euro. I love so it. I love it. Like twenty minutes, and we haven't talked they about are right. shit. Bro. They are right. Fuck it, bro. I complain right. about whatever I want, man. You know. Shame myself into into living healthier, man. My body fat's down. Fuck it, man. You know it's what it is. We're twenty minutes into the pod. We haven't discussed Calcio at all. But dude, it's a what quick sto- story time, bro. Story time. So you know what happened. But for listeners, I'll just kind of fill you guys in. I was playing football the other day. I was playing a match with my club team, and as you know, I've been uh, I rebranded as a goalkeeper, big goalkeeping guy, right? Uh, Nick, were you you were on the pod right when I was talking about like the transition that I was making? Or was it just at the end? I feel like you've spoken about making the transition to goalkeeper so many times. It's very likely. I feel like I've probably heard I've done it. So anyway, so I've done it. Yeah. I'm, ta- I'm playing for my club team now. And uh, my, my theory was proven correct, by the way, that absolutely anyone could fucking do it. So I'd never done it before. I fucking lied, said I did all my well, life. Well, well I, I mean, and now, anyone now I'm could in. do it. What, what do you define as do any, it? You any, just made a team? Well, like, what does it do? It Do you have to do it well? Do you well, have to I've, done it, well I've done it well. You know, I, I've got some technical ability now, you know, like – I put my mind to it, you know, but yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Fuck it. My team, I talked about this. I don't think my teammates listen to the pod. If they do, eh, okay, fuck it. Secrets out, cats out of the bag. We, we only lost one fucking game. Too bad. <laughs> it's what it is. I don't think anyone has any complaints about my performance. But So, dude, I, I, I came out to fucking break off, to, to cut off a breakaway. I won the ball, and the guy jumped over me, and I got a flying boot or a flying knee to the nose. And it fucking fractured. I'm bleeding up profusely during the game. Now I got to get it operated tomorrow. It's badly fractured. The septum is deviated. The whole nose collapsed. I'm totally fucked. And I got a plane ride in a week to Santorini, Greece. So, yeah. This, this ma- podcast man, man of the people, like, man. This man podcast the is the, the poster child for, like, reconstructive surgeries. I mean, between me needing a... Uh, Needing a fucking tooth implant in between you, you and me. Yeah, that, that, fucking... that was your last. That was your last appearance on the pod. Redone? That was your last appearance on the pod. Was it, man? That feels yeah, it like was. it was yesterday. It was a couple months. It was a couple months I already. Like it was Lenima. yesterday. But yeah, bro. So, so I'm walking around downtown. People are looking at me like I'm fucking nuts, man. Because I, you know, I, I look like uh, I look like a fucking boxer or something. My nose is swollen like crazy. You know, it's big. You didn't, didn't want to like walk around and like make up a story about like what happened. Nobody asked, bro. People would look and they would look away right away. They're afraid. Would be a wild story, like, oh, you should see the other guy. But we'll be like a really. That's wild what you say story. to girls in like a club or something. Be like you a know, really wild story. 
would be the worst what would be the most embarrassing way to get two black eyes falling on your face my daughter my daughter uh my daughter punched me <laughs> <laughs> just fall straight on your face just fucking trip over yourself and yeah, fall straight it, would, it would have to be the reason that you fall over so so like i slipped on uh <laughs> getting up to grab a slice of pizza fucking <laughs> <laughs> tripped over yourself <laughs> and smashed your face you're, you're such a fat sack of shit no no <laughs> like 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 no, you know, you know what would be the most embarrassing way? You're leaning over on the coffee table to pick up a slice of pizza or something, and the couch breaks under you, and you fucking roll over and like hit your face on the fucking coffee table or something. KO, that good night. So you're you're, you're just you're just so fat that you that you break the couch. Maybe that would be fun. I don't know, bro. Where's your blizzard? Do they knock? I don't know, bro. I they think they I, text you. To be fair, I think you said to leave it at the door. And my uh, I haven't gotten any notifications. It's fine. Okay, well. We'll get it. We'll get it when it's here. Stay tuned. So, so gents, it's good to have you back. Let's talk a little calcium. First good of all, to be back. first of all, we're, we're recording this on uh, Thursday, the twelfth of August, twenty twenty one, on the Sempre Milan Wi Fi network. What's the What's the Wi Fi network name? Uh, Forza Milan. Forza Milan. Yes. Fucking Password. Is it's my first time. You at your don't pl- know. It's my first time at your new place, and. Uh, I remember months ago you saying, hey, fuck you, fuck you, bitch. When you come, I'm going to cuck you. You're going to have to fucking connect to Sempre Milan Wi-Fi if you want to get Wi-Fi. I don't know if I said it that aggressively, like that. but I'm a, <laughs> maybe maybe on those lines. Yeah, and I connected. You've been pretty aggressive in the past when talking about when talking about football and Milan in particular. Yes. I don't think about my Wi-Fi, but yes. Like when Rebic scored that goal last year. Oh, like, that was... Suck it, suck I, it, good <laughs> yeah, you still have that. You still have that burn into your mind. Oh, I've I've watched I've I I'm not gonna lie I think I've rewatched the highlights of that game probably four or five times since. You said it'd be back in the Champions League, bro. I'm I am starting up. I am. I I have a little local gripe about not knowing where I'm gonna be able to watch it. Uh, going into going into the next uh, next couple of weeks, but yeah, I am excited. I'm excited. I'm feeling. I don't know. I'm feeling good. I mean, Milan, which is. I learned the hard way not being in the Champions League as a as a participant in the last you know many years. That even though we finished in second because our historical performance in the Champions League the last the last X amount of years, however however their algorithm works for like pot seating, we're in pot four, so we're pretty fucked. We're pretty fucked. It's even though we fun, finished though. in second, yeah. But don't you want to play in the Champions League to play against? Good I do. Teams? So like I've spoken about this to. to it's fun some when you friends. see Milan with I, like I Liverpool and, Ma- and, and Atletico Madrid. Totally like, agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and can you imagine how good it would feel to even just make it to the sixth match day, and still like be in it? Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't make it through, but like still be in it. You know. Well, you haven't lost anyone, man. You know. I mean, I'll tell you who's gonna struggle. It's probably Inter. What do you, we haven't lost anyone. We haven't really lost any big players this off season. Am I dreaming? You lost Hakan. You lost. Oh fuck me! <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm like, is this a bit? No, no. But uh, it's okay. Sam had a lot of wine, so he's, he's good. Bu- Sam, 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 Sam had a lot of wine. No, no, no. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, but listen, I'm busting your balls. Hey, bu- sometimes I pretend he's not there too. But um, no, look, so, so, so no, I'm, no, look, so I'm breaking your balls. Obviously, you lost Gijo, but I don't know. I, I think that's gonna affect you longer term because you know, he he may blossom into a. Into the, you know, he may blossom into the best goalkeeper in the world. For fuck's sake, he's 22 years old. And he's already Whatever, won a Euro, right. and he's been around since he's, you know, 16, five, six years now. He's he's. Done focusing on that. He, dude, no, I know, but I'm saying it. It'll probably so listen. Over. It'll probably be something that a lot of fans look back on, Italian fans in particular who watch him play for La Nazionale and say, oh, you know, fuck that. That kind of bites. But at the end of the day, what difference is he gonna make on his own? He might win a couple games for you, but who have you really lost? 
I was I was breaking your no, bones, but, but okay. so so think just think like imagine Hakan? imagine no but imagine uh, if uh, imagine if Donnarumma had left the last time he had to like renegotiate his contract like two years ago let's say like that would have been or, or, or four years like that would have been would have massive right that would have felt like a huge loss and like the um I mean not that this didn't feel like a huge loss but I don't know I feel like there would have been a lot more of a of uh of like negative sentiment and emotion going into the season where the the truth is is like is is otherwise sorry it's it's the opposite. It's there's a lot of optimism going to the season. You know, when's the last time Milan's had, you know, consistency as such in terms of, uh, you know, the manager and in terms of... Uh, That's my terms, point. In terms That's of personnel. There's too. not been a lot of turnover. Inter have a new manager. They've lost, you know, their two best players, which you could argue that maybe maybe you guys lost you guys lost maybe two of your most important players. But again, it doesn't feel as, it doesn't feel as bad because... Chanoglu was not their second most important Well, player. I said one of. I said one of. He... You know, again, again, I think the gap between Donnarumma and any top-level goalkeeper who replaces him, even if it's fucking, you know, Mike Magnan, who, who, who's who's probably going to be like a B, a B-list goalkeeper, you know, at the height of his career, which I mean, he is I not mean, far I off mean, of. I don't know. I mean, then look, look. I'm not saying don't, I don't think don't, the unfair, don't unfairly say that I'm because saying I don't think the neither, neither, of us, neither of us have watched much of Ligue 1. All I'm and apparently, is, from what I've read, he was a huge proponent to, all I'm to saying, a lot all of I'm what saying, they did. All I'm saying is, I think yes, the drop off won't be as no. I'm saying the drop off between Gijo and that guy will not be as you know as as, 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 as huge a drop off as Lukaku leaving Inter and there being no Jekyll, clear replacement. I know, you know? Yeah, I agree. It's not with clear you. who's going to be replacing him. Right? So, all, so all that being said, Sam, like yeah, I I agree with you. There's I a feel lot. Good that, about there's, a lot there's a lot to I be do. positive about. There's I am positive. I, it's just yeah. I don't know. I. It's it just it does suck it does suck finishing second and and you know kind of just knowing that you're gonna get cucked and put into a Champions League group that like you're probably gonna it's probably gonna be a group of death at that point really. Well, you guys aren't gonna make it easy. No one's gonna want to face Milan as a fourth seed. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. So we'll see. But that's the thing, right? But it's gonna be cool to just see again the Milan name against like Man United. You know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. It's gonna be it's gonna be fucking cool. A hundred percent. San Siro, hopefully. do we do we even know what the what the stadium regulations are going to be in Italy in the upcoming season? Whether it's not it's, clear. Is it's it a not fixed clear. percentage of I'm capacity? Not sure. I'm not sure. It'll, it'll, I get you know what? If I had to put money on it, I think it'd probably be variable, bro. Yo, listeners, sorry. Excuse me. I, th- I think I think uh, I think my Dairy Queen's here. We're gonna go out to the door. We'll be right fucking back. Okay. Yeah. W- where were we? So you already finished housing that milkshake before we can even get back to recording. You okay. animal. There's a blizzard, bro. There's a blizzard in the freezer. You're chasing it with a blizzard. <laughs> Nuts, bro. Fucking animal. So built different. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. Goalies are fucking nuts, man. Goalkeepers are crazy. I they really always say that in every sport. Goalies and kickers in football. They're always they're always like the low key like psycho. Dude, I, I think we were talking about COVID and the like COVID fucking protocols in city, and I don't want to talk about COVID at all because I want to pretend that it's fucking over. Because I don't know. I don't know, bro. I, I chose to get two shots. Some people don't. I respect that. It's fine. I chose to. In my mind, it's over, bro. I got two shots. My whole family did. That's it. You want to do what you want. I don't give a fuck. Go. But I'm not fucking talking about COVID. You want to talk about fucking kickers in football? You want to talk about the fact that a lot of them, in American football, that is? How funny is it that most of them have backgrounds in, in proper football? Football, football. Soccer. Yeah, of course. You know, um, like how hard could it be? I think any, I could like, probably kick pretty well. Yeah, bro. well, any like NFL fan. You know, Pat McAfee used to punt for yeah the Colts 
Yeah, he was he, a big. He guy. has wild stories about when he would go on trials in England. I don't know if he ever like made it into an academy, but he had like all these crazy. You go on YouTube, like Pat McAfee, like I've seen soccer some. stories. Yeah, I've, I've seen. I some. sent you some. Yeah, yeah, wild, wild. I saw a tweet the other so day. Saw Here, you know more about football than I do. American football. Okay, if you, I saw this fucking tweet. I think it was PFT at Barstool. We'll kind of keep with the Barstool theme of the episode, I guess, with uh, Nadu coming on later. You Not currently a Barstool employee. No, but you, you know, maybe we'll 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 talk about that. Possibly made his return this week. Who knows? Does he want it? Does he not want it? Jeff, I don't know, bro. Jeff, wake up. Let's go. Make it happen. Make it happen. If you want it, go get it, man. <laughs> Make <laughs> your dreams come true. Yeah. So, well, we can talk about that in a bit. I'm sure you'll want to before we kind of preface who he is in case people don't know. But, like, you think honestly. Take the best rugby players on earth, best rugby athletes, and you trade them in football for a year. Do you think they could beat an NFL team? It's a very physical sport. I don't know if a year is long enough. I don't know if a year is long enough to know learn all the intricacies. quarterbacks tough. Quarterbacks oh, tough. Quarterbacks extremely hard, but just all the the nuances and intricacies of football, like the plays and knowing. One year, bro. You train him in this. You train him in a professional setting where for three months you teach no. him about the game. I would say no. Just like I would say, if you were to train a bunch of NFL players to play rugby for a year, I don't think they would. Rugby, be able to, I think, has way more. I don't think they would be able to beat them. The thing with know. rugby is they're not running set plays; it's free flowing. They do run set plays. Yeah, actually. but it's free flowing. It's free flowing. They can't yeah, stop it's and reconvene. Soccer. It's similar to soccer in the same sense that there's there's set plays in soccer, but the rest of the game's free flowing. But there the still thing, are some but, set but, plays but, in but rugby. Dude, I know. Th- I, I get your point. I'm just in playing football, literally, you go for a few seconds, you stop, reconvene. Yep. That's some. You know. So I. I don't it's literally set plays. It's all dead ball. <laughs> I think. I think so, man. I think. I think it could. I think it'd be interesting. It'd be a fun experiment to run. You know what else would be a fun experiment, bro? Take Take Lorenzo Insigne out of Napoli. What the fuck do you think happens? That'd be a really interesting experiment, right? Because he's like, you know, he's their captain. He's been there a long time. He's got a lot of good faith there. How do you think you would do it in another city out club? And I'm not just, you know, talking about this as a fucking hypothetical. We'll get to this. You know, there's some news. We can get into Hero Thrones of the Week right away, actually. I'll start right off. Yeah, I then don't you have can any. <laughs> There's a shock. You weren't even fucking preparing Hero Thrones no. the, I guess, when we were doing the pod proper. No. I'll do it for you. Fuck it. But you, 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 you just call me. You just call me. Let me answer your question. Well, I'll, Why I'll, pre- would you... I'll preface it. But, just but, real quick. Stronzo. Fine. Stronzo. Fine. Reason I'm talking about this. Stronzo goes to anyone who thinks that fucking Lorenzo Insigne is going to leave Napoli, okay? Bullshit. I fucking call horseshit on it. Every one of the last four years, I've been hearing rumors about how he's wanted by. But why does the why does no? So actually, on the contrary, the the shocking rumors of as of late are the fact that nobody wants Inci- uh, nobody of of name wants Insigne. He's being linked to 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 who? To Everton, to PSV, to Zenit. I saw a rumor linking him to Inter as well. I think none of it is gonna happen. Where would he play at Inter? Like in a in a, an attacking midfield, Where, like in the Luis Alberto. No, Luis Alberto under Inzaghi would play as like a center mid. Well, I, g- I gave Thrones of the Week to anyone who says they think he's leaving. I think he's not. I think that guy's so not that's gonna why leave I Naples. So that's I think why I he's asked. He's gonna resign. His contract's up in a year. Okay, first, so let me let me answer your question with with another question. Two questions. One, why does this story continuously happen every time he comes up for contract renewal? Like, like it's not okay. Like he wants to it's stay. Happened and a couple times. So, so why, years. why does it always come up? And B, why do you think he wouldn't succeed on like another Serie A club? I mean, the, given given he he's it's played just, in a in a role that, that that suits him. Obviously, I don't know where he would fit depends in. Depends where he goes. There, depends like, where he goes. He goes to like a false line. He goes to, uh, it depends where he goes. If he goes to Udinese, he'll do well. He'd never go there. But I'm saying if he goes <laughs> to Inter, okay, if he goes to maybe one of the couple of clubs that would be like a step up. 
I view Roma as being like at the same level as Napoli right now in terms of what we've seen, even though you know Napoli came closer to making the Champions League last year than, than, than Roma did. Um, I don't know. They both have new managers. I see them both. I see them both at about the same level. City of club. Historically, it's been you know both Milan clubs. Both I don't know why I call them Milan. Both Milan clubs, Milan and Inter and Juve, kind of like one cut above, able to afford players from Roma and Napoli, and that would kind of be like the last frontier for a lot of them historically, right? So, I wonder if he would be used as this. I don't. I don't know. Put him in the Juve team. I don't think he's like the same catalyst. No, right? he's not. That's my and point. He's I, not. I, I, I he's not right now. He's not. Well, you could argue likewise. Probably, but is he only that at Napoli because he's been there for so long and because it's, it's, there's not like it's not like the team's lacking of, of quality. Like, no, it's not like the team's well, lacking not, of quality. It's, it's not as deep as Juve's team. You know no, what I mean? But like Paolo Dybala wouldn't wouldn't start games on the bench at Napoli. He wouldn't, for instance. No, he did prob- it be the end of the world? Not. Probably not. I get what you're saying. I mean, you're not you're not talking to someone who's going to disagree with you here because I think you know. Like, I've never been the biggest like Lorenzo Insigne fan. Like, just I have it. Like, I like I know he's extremely talented. Getting that silly. That's that's nuts. I I've never why I'm not allowed to not be a fan of a player. Why I mean, like he never impressed you. And maybe maybe you're a reason why because you used to hold him on such a high pedestal as if he was one of the best players in the world. Like I never thought that like ever. And I and 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 he's very technically gifted. And I know I know. Well, I'll tell you what. He's one of the best players in Italy. In the dictionary, in the diction, in the Italian dictionary, this summer. A word got added to the Italian dictionary that Utiragir, right? Which is which is in reference to one of his shots. Like I understand that he's well. It's it's a reference to that shot. Like like you know the one. It's that specific one. Okay, I thought it was in reference to the fact that he scores those often. That's what I read. It is. It is that one. Like 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 just think of Lorenzo Insigne taking a shot. You it's that one. Yeah, exactly. Open open opening up the body down. You know, like I get I get he's extremely technically gifted, but like I don't know, like. I'm not gonna start nitpicking. I'm not. We're not. That's not what we're doing here. We're not nitpicking like a player's game. But I don't know if I really need to give a meat head meat head take. Like, like does he? I just miss look your like an out, takes, Does he bro. just look like an alpha? I looks. I I do love giving thoughtful takes, but not on this podcast. That's here, here's sure. why I think he does look like an alpha. Any given every given team he's played for. Granted, you know it's basically you know. Was he the alpha of, of Italy's listen, Euro team listen, this year? Listen, listen. No. He's, play, he's played for Foggia. He's played for Pescari. He's played for Napoli. And he's played for the Italian national team. In any given setting, I didn't watch him at Foggia. I didn't watch him at fucking Pescara. You know, Shocker. I've seen highlights. But I've watched him a lot at Napoli. I've watched him a lot with the Italian national team. Everything, Every time he plays, a, a large amount of the attack goes through him and his creativity. I, 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 get, so I guess. I that's just, all. I, don't I, know. I think that's alpha energy. I don't know. The, the, I, I just feel like there's always... I'm very often wanting more. Like I'm very often wanting like a little bit more. Like what? Like like a little bit of. So you want to take him? You want to take him to Milan? Not that well, he's linked. Uh, you know, well, I mean, and I don't think it's gonna happen. He actually actually he was he was heavily linked like two weeks ago, two three weeks ago. I don't think it's gonna happen. But yes, I don't think so, it's gonna happen okay. either because we don't really need a left winger right now. I would take him obviously because his contract's expired. You have to think of all the circumstances. Obviously, you don't think of something in a vacuum. Like his contract's expiring next summer. He's what thirty, like thirty. He's gonna be thirty-one. He's turned thirty. Yeah. Like, like you know, he's not gonna cost much. Like, sure, if you want to add, like, as a fantastic, like you know, depth and bring a wealth of experience, like, sure. But I don't know. I've never. I've just never been the biggest fan of Lorenzo Insigne. Shoot me for it. Sorry. Um, hero of the week. 
let's just kind of juxtapose that with a little here because we can go back and forth on Insigne forever. I, I, I'll give a quick hero. Um, I want to give it to Jose Mourinho, bro. You see, he got sent off in a fucking friendly. I did see that. He's he's on, bro. And you know what? Actually, you know what? I saw a couple of weeks ago too. He he told um, what did he say to a player on the pitch? He literally told him to fucking wake up. Like you you hear him. He, he, you hear him say Svelieti on the on the camera. Svelieti. Yeah. Svelieti Katso or something like that. Like he was screaming dude, 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 at a dude, youth dude. product in, the, in his first in like his first friendly game he a couple young, weeks ago. Yeah, well, he hates fucking young players, bro. You know he wasn't going to play him anyway. He's looking for excuses not to. Dude, he sounds so particular, man. He goes, Roma fans, I'm coming. Tifoso della Roma, sto arrivando. He, he sounds like a robot sometimes. He speaks very quickly. Yeah. Very yeah, yeah, quickly. Yeah. Tifoso della Roma, sto arrivando. Ciao. Um, I don't know, man. I said last week I thought he was going to have a fucking monster season with Roma. I really do. I think Roma are going to have a monster season under him and do it. I think I, him I, getting I red don't. cards I don't. In, in preseason, I think it's I think it's it's a sign. Where, where, Roma, where have Roma improved, man? They uh, other than, they other haven't than other than their managerial yeah. position. But I think them getting Zaniola back will be big. And I oh, think... Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a transfer in itself. That's such a cliche. Oh, that's it's like huge, just put the Brit, put the the British funded voice on. It's like oh, you know, getting him back after a whole year off is I, a transfer. But they, what itself. they say, they, what they say is they say, I, it, it, you know, it sounds cliche, but uh, it's it's really like a free transfer. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, it, it's it's, it's like, like a new transfer. It's like a new transfer. It is. Bro. It is though. I mean, cliches are cliches for a reason. I mean, of course, that'd be fantastic. I mean, I don't know what system Mourinho typically plays or if he's very flexible or not. I don't really. I'm following. Four two three one guy. He's four two three one guy. So I don't know where he would. I guess. I guess he would demote. I guess Zaniolo coming back would demote Mkhitaryan to the bench. Luckily for Roma and for Italy, Zaniolo is a very versatile player. Play Mkhitaryan as your ten, I think, which is what I suspect. Zaniolo is a right winger. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. One probably. That's what I would if I had to guess. You know, if you want to keep him in his FIFA position type of thing, but but Zaniolo is a guy who's very flexible. He won't play as a six. He won't play as one of the defensive guys. Mind you, you know who the fuck knows what Mourinho is going to try to do. Who knows if he sees some kind of potential in him because of how physical he is and how technical he is. I hope not. I don't think that would be good. I think 22, he's too, you know, he's, he's a relatively young player, but I think it's, he's, he is who he is. I don't think he's going to be changed now. He's not like a 17, 18-year-old who you're revamping. You know? No, no. Who the fuck knows what Mourinho's going to do? But dude, did, did you listen to the pod last week? I did not. Okay, so I gave Strons of the Week to uh, everyone fucking hyping up. I think I gave it to everyone hyping up Venezia's jerseys and shit. Um, you have some explaining to do, bro. You're fucking hot on this shit. And I said, the reason you know that this isn't hip is because Nick Gentiletti is hot on it. Why? Because you're often behind. The f- you're, you're, you're not an innovator. You're, you tend to be a What are you talking about? You tend to be slightly behind with some of, with some How? of the stuff. Just a step. Just a step. Never. What are you talking about? What do you like about the Venezia kit? What do it, you like about it? It looks nice. It's, it's very clean. Yeah. You think it's you <laughs> how, how so I don't analyze I'm not analyzing the cloth and the material yeah, and the my my thing was I was going after hipsters who think that they're fucking getting I, something really hip I, because you know they're a newly promoted team and because uh-huh. the people that run because well, the people here, that sir, run the because the people that's that why run you're the, a dickhead I didn't the people I didn't that say run their marketing I, department I are I, football hipsters that's the thing I hang on hang but on but they're a not anymore finish, they're me, it's finish, mainstream finish. to like yeah them. but no but here's the thing I think there are a lot of people that think that think they're fucking hip for liking them and for you know liking them for buying their shit to which i said hey just so you know you think you're hip but it's fucking mainstream you know how i know it's mainstream nick gentiletti's no. buying their shit well nick I, doesn't I, do fine hip. fine but i agree with you i don't no, think I don't, it, I don't i don't think it's hipster at all i never i th- maybe it was it, it was I'm hipster. not accusing you of being hipster i'm saying 
a telltale sign for hipsters that what they think is hipster is not hipster is that you are hot on it. I find that's such a that's such a false narrative. I don't know where any of that comes from. Where do I go? Where do I get off saying I, this in your fucking kitchen? Don't in know. Your dining room. My kitchen. My kitchen is my fucking house. <laughs> but what? I said my kitchen is my house. This place is uh, you can walk to the end and back in two steps. But this uh, is really the kitchen. We're, but, we're, we're, we're next. Yeah, to, yeah. I could reach over and touch the kitchen, but I'm uh, no. We're, we're 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 in a dining area. If anyone's a hype beast, Sam, it's you. So. You're the you're the complete opposite of a hipster. I don't know. Here's the thing. Like, you're a hype beast. You are. I'm not a hype beast. You are. I'm really not. You are. No, I'm not. You definitely are. And how am I a hype beast? I'm not. You just are. You give up uh, HB vibes. No, you're just trying to be a piece of shit. You're just trying to say no, shit. No, you do. Like what? You you love your brands. You love uh, you love. Um, not a hype beast though. You are. You are a hype beast. You definitely are. The culture. You are. You're, no. You are a hype. Beast. I actually hate the hype drip. Beast. Petania, you're a hype. Petania is the biggest. Petania is the Jesus Christ of hype beasts in the in world. Italy, maybe. in the world, and you suck his dick. No, I no, I I, I suck his dick because of his lifestyle. I've talked about uh, how I think uh, a lot of his life. What's his lifestyle? Uh, it's, it's, hype beast lifestyle. It's just it's just that he's it's fucking unreal, bro. You're he a hype beast. Does shit with you are not a hipster. You have no grounds to determine. What my I'm not a hype beast though. I'm really no. I, that's that's fucking untrue. I've you dude are, rappers who are, are rappers beast. are the have the worst style, and most of them are fucking hype beasts. You're a hype beast. I digress. It's a good thing we don't do this. Maybe you know. Every <laughs> I just anymore, say. Right? I'm just saying. What do you What do we do this fucking once every year and a half? Now we'll do this. Thing. I think that's a better frequency. What do you what say? What else is on the table? It's, 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 yeah. But, but it's good that it's good that we're in per, it's good that we're in person now. I can fucking reach across and fucking. Yeah, I'll give you a fucking third third black guy in between both suck. of them. I'll give you a third you. one in between. You both. get out of line. Sam, Chelsea to Lukaku, fucking it's Chelsea, Chelsea to Lukaku. Lukaku to Chelsea is nuts. What do you want, man? They're broke. What, you, what do you, what the fuck do you want, man? The, the, the Chinese government is making life very difficult on that motherfucker. It's, it's crazy how we, we're seeing like whatever. In, we're seeing. I know all all. Uh, all Italian clubs are struggling. Clearly, Inter struggling more, and we were being put under the we were putting we were being put under the the narrative that the Italian media was running with Inter's financial problems uh, being as big as they were as like an exaggeration, and clearly they're not. But you know, you look at Chelsea. Who? How much did they spend on on Timo Werner last summer? You know, they decide. I don't know. Eh, one year. We figured them out. Not gonna work. Well, Let's Chelsea, spend Chelsea are up there. Million. Chelsea but are it, up there just, with those clubs like PSG that, that, that dude, are independently just, it's, it's, are independently wealthy. It's EPL right? plus backed. PSG versus, and I don't mean to, versus versus the world. And I don't mean to like get too deep into it there. Well, I know you have you have listen. I don't think there are a lot of clubs that could afford no, but the, Sam, the you know, salary you, that you have paid to Ronaldo. But I think now being things being where they are. Uh, them having had Ronaldo, that was enough to kind of my point derail point, their 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 financial when, sustainability this, for a while. How is this disparity this gap like ever going to be closed? Like between Premier League plus PSG versus the rest of of the world? Like probably how is, probably if a Super League gets uh right you know, get, gets its wings going, you know, um, which I think is probably that doesn't look as stupid now, does it? Well, you know, the, it the, does. The, it the does. issue, the it issue does is who gets to take part in it, right? Um, well, that and obviously but, it just doesn't feel right. But in terms of the redistribu- redistribution of the wealth, like, it's crazy. I Like, you know, we're not – I'm not here saying and sitting, like, let's blame the Premier League and PSG for why well, bro, football don't is the way it is. Don't, don't forget, bro, PSG uh, firmly, uh, firmly opposes – the Super League, they think that it's uh, bad for football, and they, they would never, they would never be, uh, they would never be embroiled in such, in such, in such terrible behavior, so as to, so as to kill the, uh, 
the, the spirit of the game, right? PSG. Uh, they saved the game. Right. PSG saved football. Yeah. We forget. They did. Yeah. They really did. So, <laughs> I don't know, bro. I don't fucking know, bro. It's crazy. It's, look, it's too bad because Inter are not going to be as competitive this year. It's sad. We, and, I know we both and, dislike yeah. Inter. We both very much dislike Inter. I don't it's know sad. what's going to happen to you. I don't like man, seeing good know? players leaving the league. You know, I don't know what. And again, I point to Mourinho. I'm not saying that Omar are going to win the league, but look. No man, these players aren't going to start fucking much anyway. But do I mean, I, I don't know. You played a Messi-less Barca the other day and lost three 0 with fucking Deschilio, Rugani, and Perin playing. That looks really bad. I mean, Perin's not going to play. Okay, Deschilio's not going to play. Rugani's the fourth choice center back now. I'll never but, but forget I don't, when people I don't rated know. I'm Rugani better than Romagnoli. Sorry. Well, yeah, and now neither of them are, are super highly rated. Uh, I don't. I don't. Year, right? yeah, so. yeah, they're not comparable. So I carry, I carry I agree. On. I agree. But you know, I, I don't know. I'm saying I don't know that it's a slam dunk that you would walk right back in and just reclaim the title. I don't know if I don't know. If it's is anyone is anyone saying that? Well, you know, I think for a while, for a while, with 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 the with the fact that Inter lost Conte and Hakimi before even losing Lukaku, I think a lot of people may have been even now. I think a lot of people may be be down with that idea. You know, particularly if you go out and sign another really strong midfielder, as we are linked to. I don't know. I, I think a lot of Ooh, people. Mirlan Pjanic. Locatelli seems to be option number one. It's probably going to happen. But, yeah, you know, that's been dragging for. Dude, that since and the end of the year. That and the Dybala contract have been dragging. Yeah, for a month and a half. Dybala's well, contract month, has been dragging a year. You know, yeah, and, that, yeah. And Locatelli has been dragging a lot, probably because I think Sassuolo won't accept terms. Um, haven't accepted terms so far that we've been proposing, but and they shouldn't. No, no, but not financial Juve, terms. It's Juve's literally just, a, but dude, it's literally just payment options. And the idea, you sure? You are trying, yeah, they're trying to make it flexible because they're trying, yeah, they're trying to defer payments over a couple of years. I think in Sassuolo or, or kind of going back and forth with Juve about that. It seems, but look, my, my regardless of whether or not we sign Locatelli, I think a lot of people would think look, with Allegri back, there's a very good chance that we're favored to that we're favored to win again. But I don't know that it's necessarily that much of a slam dunk. I think it's going to be pretty wide open. Not necessarily because you know the league is looking super competitive. You know, I think I think because the team that was best last year got severely weakened and may have kind of come slightly back down to the level of all the other teams that are, you know, I, I guess as good as it gets within the league, but maybe that are not quite at that top, 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 top tier of elite European football right now. Like I, I don't know if Milan, Inter, or Juve or any other Italian team would be able to beat Bayern over two legs, Man City over two legs. You know, we'll see. Well, I mean, see. you never know, but if I would obviously agree with you. It would, it would be a, it would be a, it'd be tough for sure. But I don't know, man. I'm excited. What, I'm excited what, for the what about, season. What about Atalanta, man? What about Atalanta? You know, and it, well, listen, I, 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 we don't do season previews. You know, we don't do season previews, and we're not going to do a season preview next week. So many ideas written down here on this piece of paper in front of me that we're not even going to get to because we're going to get to Jeff Nadeau in a bit. But like, so I'll probably fucking get to those next week. Before I'll get to previewing City A, which is coming up in a week and a half, motherfuckers. But like, what about Atalanta, man? You know, they, they like Milan are a team who have continually been able to, you know, keep keep some nuclear ideas together because they've had the same coach over a little over a little while, and a, a lot of the you know a lot of the same players on a given year wind up coming back the next year. There's always a little bit of turnover, but it's never that drastic. What do you think? What do you think they may do? You know, 
Um, well, I mean, I think definitely the most notable thing is, you know, Serie A Defender of the Year. Christian Romero leaves, right? That's obviously huge. Calvada's gone as well. Calvada's gone as well. He's gone on well, loan to, uh, okay. to Venezia, speaking of, which I think is a, excuse me, a very interesting move. You know, he'll, he'll be... We're talking about we're talking about the Serie A defender of the year over year and Mattia Caldara. Yeah, well, you know they they, they both started for them in that back. One, one of these they lost the other. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Caldara did not start. At the, Caldara did not start every game towards the back end of it, of of the of the season. And he, I, I, anyway, you know, losing Christian Romero, replacing him with Mary Demiral. I mean, at the lot, you you have to give. I think that's zero sum. I think that's zero sum. You think it's zero sum, but you just have to at this point. You have to give Atalanta. It's again, I and I hate to defer to NFL just quickly here, but are, this could be this could be applicable to any sport that's had a dominant either like coach or management or whatever for years and years and years. So I'm not going to defer to the NFL. I'm going to be more general here, right? Pick any sport you could think of, locally, internationally, where you know a, a manager, a coach, or or you know executives within a club have been there for X amount of years and they always get it right. It's like, you know, when Atalanta do something, you're always going to give them the benefit of the doubt that, like, they know something that no one else knows. And it's like they're, they're, they, they made money selling Cristiano Romero. Somehow, Mary Demiral's not going to get injured anymore. He's going to look amazing. He's, he's not going to look like the Mary Demiral. They're also very similar Jose. players, too. They're very similar yeah, players. Yeah, physical. They're big. But And I don't know that either of them are necessarily that smart. Oh, by, by the way, I'm also happy to see him go because I thought he was promising, but I was fed up with the idea that we need to give this guy a chance. He's young. You know, he's promising. Yeah. I never saw a dick all about him that was yeah. that special. But the t- somehow the, Atalanta the, will the, find the, tur- the Turkish tax, the Turk hype was real there. But obviously. somehow Atalanta will find like the best out of him, you know? So like they will. That that's my opinion. I mean, I that's 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 how I like. I I know I know there's been a bit of uh, I've I've had a little bit of not Atalanta slander, but I've always critiqued like how long I guess they can. They can they can sustain what they've been able how long, to do. How long they could run without and it's PEDs, it's like and, and then it's like PEDs. you you can't be a dickhead about it. You know, at, at one point when you watch and you look at it enough, you can't you can't be that asshole that dies on that take that they're never gonna like step down on. And and now it's come to that point where I think many people now that watch this area even casually know that Atalanta is a force to be reckoned with. And people that know it seriously like us, it's hard to just doubt any move that they make now because it just seems like everything works. They don't lose money on a player when they buy him. Every time they buy a player, they manage to sell him for more. It's just hard to it's hard to like go against any kind of their decision. It would be very admirable though if you did come back and you still like decided to die on that story. If they start the season and lose like five straight, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. be like Psych. <laughs> yeah, you walk, you walk it Reverse back. jinx. Reverse jinx. Walk it back. I don't know, man. I, I, I think, uh, I think ultimately, they're, uh, they're a team that, they're a team that just has no real fucking expectations. So, but they do now. I mm, feel like we've nah. spoken about this last. They do now. If Atalanta, the fans are enjoying the ride, the fans are enjoying the ride. If Atalanta were to finish in like. Sixth or seventh, people would be like, "Damn!" But it wouldn't derail. It fell down. But, from it, the last but you few know, years. you know what? You know what? I think a lot of people wouldn't be shocked, man. If fucking Juve, Inter, Milan, and Roma or Napoli get into the Champions League this year, not a lot. I would don't. be. I would be. You'd be shocked. You'd be I'd shocked, be surprised. Man. I wouldn't Come be. On. I wouldn't. You know, f- I, would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, forever, fall, I wouldn't fall on my floor in cardiac arrest, but like I would be shocked. 
I I would argue that the fact that how much nobody, of a sample size? Do okay, you need let, let me say this. Years? Let me say this. Nobody expects them to win the title. No. There's no pressure for that. If they're on pace for third, that's a good season for them. What if they? It's also about where people probably expect them to be. But what if the lack of expectation that they go on and win a title? I'll be more specific. What if that you know helps them? I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't write them off. I really wouldn't. We'll see if they, you know, we'll see what they keep. We'll see what fucking their forward situation looks like. You can't write off. Atalanta has been, well, I mean, you can argue like at their peak within the last like you know year and a half. But like, if if we want to, you know, say when did they like break onto the scene? It's been like what twenty seventeen and when, break break onto the, break onto the scene in the since sense that like been there. since the uh, you know like towards the top of the table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like. I, I, again, like I, I do understand where you're coming from, but, and I, I remember giving a very similar take and you expressing the same sentiment, but it's like you gotta show some respect where it's due in the sense that like they are expected now to, you know, do something. But I get it. I guess with the, you know, the 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 the, the classic tweet once a month, uh, Atalanta's payroll is uh, X amount of times smaller than this, and they do that. Sure, and that in that sense, sure, maybe one day they'll they'll just like fall off. But they got expectations, man. They definitely do. Yeah, I mean, as you said, it, it's it's the fact that it's the fact that everything they do just seems to have worked out. So you just kind of give them the benefit of the doubt, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, did you know who Ruslan Malinovsky was no. three years ago playing no. in Belgium? I, I didn't, right? And they've just they've been able to maximize talent elsewhere in Europe from you know from, from, from the traditional channels that people would filter players in through at top top levels and it's paid off we'll see it feels like it feels like listen it's either going to come crashing down eventually or well you could say that about win. you could say that about any club you could right. say about about right. any but club the until they make themselves big enough right. where they my, have so but much my point money. is right my point is them and being where they're Barca. at yeah right but them them being where they're at now which is maybe about the third best placed team in the league right maybe maybe right Third best squad in the league. All it takes is for them to outperform what you would think on paper by a notch or two, and you know, all of a sudden they're in a title race. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think again the fact that Inter have gotten weekend sucks for you know one group and one group alone, and that's Interisti above all else. But it does suck a little bit for everyone else, right? Because you like a strong league. You know, I think anyone saying oh, you know fucking laughing at Inter, you know Milan, Milanisti and Juventini especially, it's a bit of a loser mentality. Right? It is. I agree. I so agree. so. We all lose out as well to an extent, but you know it's reality. It is what it is. You know they're suffering because of who their owner is, and and I think that will make the league a little bit more competitive this year. I'm excited. We'll see where the fuck we watch it. And it was already extremely competitive last year. So imagine imagine it being more. Yeah, exactly, dude. Um, so you you you're, you're big in a bar stool. You're big in a bar stool. More more than I am. Um, if we're honest, but mm-hmm. uh, I was excited to get this next guest on. You were really fired up. When you found out that I was getting him on, big time. Jeff Nadu, Jeff Nadu is going to be joining us in a little bit here. So, so Nadu or Nadu? I've heard both. Me too. I've heard both. Apparently, in Albanian, it's Nadu. So we'll, we'll roll with that. He's uh, he's not quite a, he's not quite a paisan, but he uh, in he, spirit, paisan in spirit. He knows a lot about Italian American culture in uh, North America. So so he see he's got he's got a he's got a podcast called The Sit Down where he talks about mob history, and we thought. We thought it'd be a lot of fun, you know, with it being the summer, with there being no matches. I thought it'd be a lot of fun to kind of break down 
the series with him in particular. You actually suggested this a year ago, gents. You suggested that we did, review I remember. It. So I'm happy that and we're I, and I never and I never watched. You it. Never watched it. No. But you want to fucking watch it? I now think I start. I think I started it. I think I yeah. started. I will. It's good. It's a little bit rushed. It's a little bit rushed. I found, but the story is really interesting. We'll get into it in a little bit right now with uh, with Jeff Nadu. But yeah. So to be clear, he was at Barstool, quit, got um, squeezed out, and allegedly, he's, uh, allegedly, and now he's sort of back. Wants to be back, from what we understand. And you were really excited when I when, yeah. when I got it. I, I, so again, I didn't really see the hype. But you did. Like I liked him because I liked his podcast, right? He's a guy I'd interacted with online a little bit, and I liked his pod. But you were like really fired up because you, you were kind of more like privy to the whole the whole issue. Yeah, it's just if you're plugged into the barstool scene and you know like they're uh, you know obviously a big part of uh, of what they do is their day to day is like all online, right? And whether it's video or like tweets, videos or whatever, and and YouTube streams and all this stuff and. Everyone knows that 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 Jeff Nadu is the center of uh, of a lot of things going on right now. I guess that's as generic as we could put it. He's hot in the streets, so, on the so, streets. So, so, so it's big, man. So it's Jeff big. Nadu, who's hot in the streets at Barstool and uh, in in the world of gambling, uh, joins us next. Let's throw it over to Jeff Nadu. We'll review Beer City, New York versus the Mafia. Shoot the shit. It's a great interview, listeners. Hope you guys uh, fucking enjoy. Let's go. <laughs> All right, uh, so I'm honored to welcome onto the podcast the big man on campus and uh, not a paisan, but close. Uh, one one face, one race, uh, as you put it to me uh, earlier as we were shooting the shit uh, earlier this afternoon. Uh, Italians and Albanians are, are, are kind of like cousins. Uh, very happy to welcome onto the podcast Jeff Nadu. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Sam. Good to talk to you, man. Uh, you know, obviously big fan of Italia, big fan of uh, what you're doing. And uh, I think we got a cool little show planned middle of the summer. Uh, happy to uh, have uh, been invited on the show and uh, excited to chat. Thank you, brother, man. I love that you're, you're a fucking savage like me, man. We, we, we were speaking later. Th- we were speaking earlier, earlier this earlier today, late in the afternoon. And uh, I reached out to you with the intent of getting you on in a couple of weeks time. Um, and uh, you said, bro, well, let's go ASAP tonight. Well, I you said, know, the thing and is, you, and you said, and you I, said anytime, anytime we're recording this at 11 o'clock at night. I fucking love it. I love you, man. I, I love yeah, it. Right I, I'm, um, you know, Thursday night. I usually am tied up, but I'm, I'm home. I was watching the NBA draft, just chilling. And, uh, you know, the next couple of weeks, I, you know, with football starting soon and I just don't know what my availability would be. And uh, I kind of wanted to chat. So I felt like oh, I'll throw it out there. Maybe you want to do something tonight. So. Uh, happy to uh, happy to do it. No, rock and roll, man. I, I love I love that you're game like I am, and uh, and and I and I love that you're probably you're probably shirtless right now with your camera off. Um, I am. I always am shirtless, regardless. But I told you I wasn't. Aff- I wouldn't be offended if you just if you rocked if you rocked. Oh shirtless. yeah, I just you know I I generally am on video a lot, and when I'm not on video, like I just kind of like I don't wear a shirt when I'm at home usually, unless I'm on camera or something. So. Um, you know, I didn't want to put that on camera. I'm not at the weight. I'm, I mean, I've lost a ton of weight, but I'm not at the oh, ideal spot to see. I'm getting there. I'm almost there. You, you could literally throw your nuts on the table. It wouldn't offend me. Like, you're, <laughs> I, so you, you do, you do it, you do whatever the hell you want, man. But, but, but yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I don't know. There's something liberated about just walking around the house, walking around your apartment, like shirtless, man. I don't know. Like, like walking around shirtless makes you look like you fucking mean business, be it in I don't yes, know, fight, fighting, I boxing, uh, love making it, 
or, or you know, if you've ever taken a fucking steamer and uh, and you take your shirt off, that's when you know when you when the when the pants and socks come off, that's when you know it's a it's a it's a serious it's a serious it's a serious job in uh, on the john. That's 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 for sure. I agree. But, but uh, so 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 you're a fan of Italian football. Um, but why don't, why don't we get into that real quick? You you were you were uh, you were talking about us all throughout the Euro. You were gassing us up. Obviously, Albania didn't qualify this Euro like they did a few years ago. Um, Serbia didn't make the tournament for you to pull against, and, and Kosovo wasn't there. I mean, I guess you kind of had Switzerland, basically, where, where basically half the team was <laughs> was of an Albanian background. But uh, we uh, we seem to have been your uh, your your team of choice, the team closest to your heart. How, uh, how, yeah, how that well, happen, bro? yeah, I mean, I, I've always been a fan of Italy. Uh, when I was in high school, I worked uh, at a pizzeria. My best friend was from Sicily. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of time there. And that was in 2006. And I remember so many days in the summer, you know, watching Italy. And that was really, I was a young kid. I was in high school at the time. And I really kind of fell in love with soccer at that point. And, you know, Italy, I always remember that that side, you know, whether it was Palti or Luca Toni or Cannavaro or Pirlo or, you know, Buffon, you know, it, just a, a magnificent team. Obviously they won. And I really just kind of fell in love. Always at a soft spot. I'm a big a Serie A guy. I bet on Serie A. Uh, I follow it week to week. Um, I've always just enjoyed um, the side. You know, I, I think it's also important to mention I, you know, a lot of my friends are Italian. Um, I, I, as you said, we're kind of paisans in a way, as far as Italy and Albania, not too far away. In fact, you know, in Italy, there are some Albanian enclaves and everything. Yeah, exactly. So I think so. we kind of have some similar cultural uh, similarities. And, um, you know, I, I feel like for me, I've always kind of been an adopted Italian, let's say, um, you know, but, you know, I, I respect the culture a lot and I think it's beautiful. I mean, my end game in life and, and I've got it planned at all. I've got a town picked out in Italy. And uh, when I hit my 50th birthday, I'm out. And I'm gonna Let's look, go look from behind and just get out of here and, and, and never look back. So, if, it does, if it doesn't work, uh, you could just move to, you could just move to like Benzenhurst, Brooklyn. That's basically like a town in Italy. No, no, I'm out of here. I'm going to Savona. It's up in Northern Italy, right on the beach. And uh, where, I'm just going to watch soccer and yeah, bet on sports and just chill. Nice, bro. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, in Albania is like it's a flare's throw across the Adriatic. I mean, it I think is. We we could probably we could probably do keepy up piece across the sea. Yeah, I know, but uh, <laughs> dude. So so what what, uh, what what kind of action were you getting into during the Euro? I know you're uh you're I know you're into gambling. You're 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 uh you know something of an expert in some ways. I, I guess you could say. Um, I know you kind yeah, of do a plethora of sports, uh, but. Yeah. What what action did you what action did you go for? You mentioned that you're in the city uh, action a little bit. I don't bet myself that often, but I like to shoot the shit about it and talk about how terrible like, terrible I am at providing gambling takes. I'm certainly not a handicapper at your level, but uh, yeah. Well, what uh, well, what sort of stood out to you before the tournament, and what did you what did you ride all the way through? Yeah, you know it's kind of crazy that we're doing a show, uh, you know, like an Italian soccer show. I actually had Italy at ten to one. I, I bet it. Uh, I bet it about a month before the C, uh, before the Euro started. I, I just really love this side this year. You know, I think defensively they're always very good, but you know, all of a sudden over the last couple of years with the addition of Mancini and just this attacking flair, I mean, even Serie A, there's so many more goals. I just felt like this team is really poised that they may be the best team in the world. And I thought 10 to one was just a fantastic, magnificent price. And I bet it and uh, I wrote it in the, the whole tournament and, uh, ended up coming out um, very much on top. So uh, that was the big one and it ended up working out for me. 
what what were in England at like five to one before the tournament started? I thought that yeah, was yeah. I think insane. England were to, were close to favorites five. That six was to ridiculous. No, that was ridiculous. I, I I don't know. Just well, there's they no, never there's, win. So well, that's but that's the thing. I don't know. You, England on paper are a team that looked good, and I think that I think that their fans would be the first to tell you that. But but I I don't know. I I I, I kind of felt the same way about Italy looking at looking at looking at our side. But again, I you know I watched Serie A all the fucking time, so I figured you know. Maybe I'm kind of suffering from the same bias that the English always do every single time there's a major tournament. I don't know, but I agree though. I thought like at one point we were we were 13 to one underdogs, or you know, or we were we were we were favored at 13 to one, whatever. Whatever. I you know I thought that was I thought that was a ridiculous line, and it went down shortly before the tournament started. And I, I don't I don't know. I, I I was saying it was a smart bet for a while. Uh, you know, as a guy who doesn't bet, I know you know hindsight 2020 20 now, right? I I, I didn't I didn't actually take any action because i just i i don't know i prefer i prefer not to bet on my own teams certainly not against them but if i ever do bet like i i always i always will just put a little accumulator on my team i could have i guess you know so i guess my word means very little given the fact that i didn't actually put my fucking money where my mouth is but man like i I thought it was a smart bet from the beginning of the tournament i'm you know i'm 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 pretty sure that we'll be competitive now for a couple of tournament cycles now i mean mancini's around until 2026 at least so the, the the core of the side is like 24 years old, 25 years old. They'll be around another couple of tournament cycles, man. They've got another World Cup and Euro in them easy. And 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 it's it's promising to see, man. We came from the fucking gutter, man. Just a few. Yeah, shows. I mean, and when you look at just quickly, you know, even when you look at the defense, you know, obviously Chiellini and Banucci are, are older. But, you know, guys like Bastoni are just kind of waiting in the wings. I mean, Bastoni's a terrific defender. So. Yeah, there's just a lot to be excited about. Keep in mind, I mean, they did a lot of this without uh, Spanazola, who, who who got injured at one point. Um, two big know, ga- two big ones without him. Yeah, to close out. The yeah, yeah, he was like I, he may have still been the best left back in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's just I think you're totally right, and you know I'm gonna and in fact I'm I'm gonna kind of look at that over the next couple of weeks here and get in on probably Italy to win the World Cup. It's gonna be hard to do, but uh, I, I think they're very deep and and very good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, I think just the fact that we're back to being a competitive team that teams might, ex- that, that, excuse me, that people might expect to go on runs to the semifinal is exactly where we have to be because you know that's where we, that's where we were for, 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 for decades until pretty much the 2010s. Um, you know, it was a dark period over the last decade, but no, it, it feels good to be back. It was, uh, it, it was, it was, it was nice to. I mean, we're, we're, listen, we're, we're a nation that has a winning culture of football. In some ways, you kind of take it for granted, and I think last couple of years have definitely been a reality check, but it's nice that like younger guys, I mean, I'm not an old guy myself, but I I'm old enough to remember 2006. It's nice that younger guys, young adults, 18, 19, you know, teenagers are seeing us win for the first time now and remembering it. And, or, or, or I guess being at an age that they will be able to remember it. It's nice. You know, it, it feels like we've kind of gotten some of that culture back, but yeah, I appreciate how, uh, how, uh, how, how great an affinity you do have for, uh, for our team, man. And you have a, you have a, you have an affinity for Italy and other, uh, in other spheres of life too. You're obviously huge into, uh, organized crime just as a field of interest, I guess. And you've got a podcast, um, discussing, uh, discussing it, uh, right. That is, uh, the sit down, which I've been listening to for a few months now, and I enjoy it quite a fair bit. It discusses uh, mob history. I encourage any listener to go check that out. Um, but yeah, man, you, so you, you've, uh, how did you, how did you get into, how did you get into just, just the mafia? Was it through, 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 through movies and, and whatnot? Are you into like just organized crime in general? Or is it specifically kind of the Italian, the Italian, uh, the Italian syndicate, um, and, and all the, you know, pop culture that, that, that was, that was created around it? Yeah, it's really, uh, 
organized crime in general, you know, whether it's um, drug traffickers, you know, drug gangs, mobsters, you know, different types of, of organized crime, you know, because there are, you know, Irish crime families, there are uh, black organized crime, there, there's Russian, Albanian, you know, all sorts of different groups. But, you know, the Italian mafia has always been very interesting to me, particularly the American mob. Um, you know, I, I guess from when I was a kid, I was always kind of attracted to the outlaw, I guess you could say, and the, the bad guy. Um, you know, I remember when I was a kid um, in Philly, in the Philly area, there was a, a mob guy that you know, he's actually still around to this day. Um, you know, he would always be on TV and, you know, you see John Gotti on TV, that kind of stuff. And I don't know, I guess I was just always enthralled. I like to read um, and I always found interest in you know, just the mob. You know, I watched Sopranos when I was 10 years old. I think that was probably my first real kind of seeing a mob film or a mob TV show. And I've just always been really infatuated with it. It's, it's a hobby. It's something that I really like. And, you know, I, I decided to do this show really just on a whim. It was just, you know what, I've been wanting to do this. I have an idea. I have a concept. I'm just going to do it and see how it does. And you know, I've been super impressed with really just from what limited advertising, I don't have any advertising really. It's just word of mouth and, and putting it out there. And, um, you know, I'm doing, you know, I'm pushing 200,000 listens here in, you know, 16 episodes. So um, we're pretty happy with it. And and I think there's so many ways we can go with it. So let's fucking go, man. That's awesome. Yeah, very, I get it. Very happy with it. Get at Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Nadu. Uh, the sit down is at the sit down seven. Uh, again, great podcast. Can't recommend it highly enough. And in uh, kind of in the spirit of uh, your, uh, your, your interest in the mob, we decided to review uh, a series on Netflix. Which, uh, which I teased listeners about last week and I, uh, and I assigned his homework. So you and I are going to have a little chat. We're going to have a little sit down ourselves talking about uh, Fear City, New York versus the Mafia, which came out last year and I didn't watch it, uh, even though it, I don't know, it, it had kind of just been chilling in my Netflix list for a little while now and former guest on the, uh, excuse me, former host on the show, uh, buddy of mine, uh, Jenna Letty was, 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 was pushing me hard to, to do a review live on pod and I don't know. I when when I uh, when I uh, when I saw that you followed the pod back, I, I thought you'd be a great guy to do it with, and I'm really happy that that, that I did watch it because, dude, <laughs> there's there's a lot that I didn't know about the whole the whole case in the '80s that pretty much took down that pretty much took down the American mafia spearheaded by Rudy Giuliani. You know, you, I would hear a lot about how Rudy Giuliani kind of single handedly took down the mob, but this kind of goes into depth, and man, it, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, too, because, you know, Rudy has obviously turned into quite a quite an interesting character uh, in present day. But, you know, Rudy's a, an interesting guy because you know, he's always been on this soapbox that he hates the mafia. And, and that's fair. He kind of spearheaded the uh, commission trial and bringing down the mob. But you know, Rudy doesn't talk about the fact that his own father was a, an enforcer for a mob bookmaker. Um, out of here. Yeah, he, he actually doesn't talk about that. His um, father's brother-in-law was a guy, Lee Devanzo. He um, he ran a, a gambling ring and a, and a loan sharking ring in uh, in Brooklyn. And Rudy's father was kind of a, an enforcer for him. He would go and collect this guy, Harold Giuliani. He would uh, kind of, you know, ragtag out as an enforcer and he'd go out and collect debts for people. So he was kind of a hood of his own. It's kind of interesting that Rudy has this um, kind of, thing about I hate mobsters and that sort of thing. But yeah, uh, he was pretty much kind of the, the main guy in, in bringing the mob down. And it was obviously about, you know, proving, as they said, in particularly in episode one about the RICO Act and the RICO Act had been created in, in the 70s and the FBI just wasn't using it. Right. They, they weren't 
and didn't realize that if they kind of trickled everything up to the boss and to the governing body of each family, um, that they could tie it all together. And um, it ended up working out. And it also worked out through the fact that they were able to, to bug houses and, and get these guys on wiretap. But, you know, again, wiretaps aren't exactly uh, something that makes a case. You've got to have rats. You've got to have people that are willing to talk and, and witness things. And um, they kind of put it all together and cumulatively were able to make it happen. Dude, I, I couldn't believe that they didn't even know about the RICO Act. It's like they didn't even know it existed. It was like they kind of they were aware of its existence, but they didn't even know its nuance and its, and its applicability. It was nuts. It's like, I don't know. I, I, have, I have this theory that most people just don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, do you remember that Super League shit a couple of months ago? And it just felt like it was thrown together in like a week. And, and, and people had theories about how like, I was pushing a theory for the longest time that the owners of the clubs involved had like fucking Andrea Agnelli from Juve and Florentino Perez from Madrid. I had this theory that they were all playing the long game and they knew exactly what they were doing. They were trying to strong arm UEFA. And the more I read about it, the more I thought, fuck me, I, I think these guys might've just totally misplayed their hand. Like, like I, I, and this kind of, this kind of smells of that. I don't know. Just, just the FBI, not even knowing that the RICO act existed only for it to go on to become pretty much yeah, the thing that I took mean, down the whole, the whole syndicate. I mean, I think it's I think it's important to understand, like the FBI really since its inception, you know, back, you know, 20 to 30 years before this, you know, the FBI for a long time and, and the people that were in power in this country that dealt with national security, particularly people like Jed Hoover, who was kind of the, the, the creator of the FBI. I mean, he for the longest time didn't want to admit that the mafia was a real thing. And you know, one of the reasons for that, and a lot of people have always talked about this, was the mob, it was talked about, had very compromising photos of J. Edgar Hoover. And you can look that up. There was rumors um, going around that J. Edgar Hoover was a homosexual. And the mob right. had very compromising photos. They held it over Edgar Hoover's head for a long time. And, you know, into the 40s, into the 50s, the mafia controlled this country. It's important to understand. When the FBI wanted Fidel Castro gone, they went to the mafia. JFK was killed by the mafia. Anybody that tells you different doesn't know what they're talking about. Marilyn Monroe was killed by the mafia. Okay, the mafia controlled this country. They controlled Las Vegas. They controlled cities. And into the 80s, it became out of hand. They started to hear all this stuff going on. Crime was out of control. But the FBI has long uh, pissed down their leg. That's been a longstanding thing with them. Um, and it took them too long to understand what the RICO Act was. Uh, the RICO Act was created by a lawyer. It wasn't by someone in the FBI. It was a lawyer. Um, so, yeah, that guy yeah, at Cornell. I love how they they yeah. just they just sent they just sent FBI agents for like a retreat for like they yeah. went they sent them to camp at Cornell for a week and they didn't even want to go. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of them thought the it was a waste of time. Yeah, I found that fucking hilarious, man. And and, and one thing that really one thing that really drove me. That, that really drove me nuts was how, I don't know, you mentioned The Sopranos and how you started watching it. By the way, starting watching The Sopranos at 10 is, is, fucking, is fucking elite shit. Were you watching it with your dad or were you watching it alone? Yeah, so my, uh, my mother and father, were, were we, they watched it every week. And that was back when they didn't put shows out all at once. You had to wait every week to watch it. And um, I remember my parents' bedroom faced a hallway. And I remember my mother and father would put me to bed. And um, I think it came on at 10, I believe, or 9. And uh, I remember I would sit outside of the room and I would watch it. And they didn't know I was there. Because I was going to say, yeah, because yeah. I was going to say at 10 years old, I would not have, I would not have been able to watch it with my parents because 
Uh, I'd have happily watched it alone and seen like strippers with their tits out and shit, you know, because you're fascinated by that at 10. But when oh, you're in I the presence of us, when you're in the presence of others at that age, you got to pretend it disgusts you and you just look away like you're embarrassed to even look at them. So I wouldn't have had I wouldn't have had the resolve to watch it with my parents if they watched it and said, hey, you want to watch this with us? If boobs came out, I would have had to pretend like, oh, no, this disgusts me. This offends me. No, i sorry. I can't watch this shit. Yeah. So I that would say, sense. though. My parents, I'm, my parents were never like strict people like that. They knew, you know, you see things. You I'm more strict, but I wouldn't have felt comfortable. Yeah. It. No, I hear you. You got to feel weird. I would have pretend. Yeah. You pretend that it disgusts you. You say, ew, or you look away and, or you just talk. That's what I would do. I would just talk yeah. when the boot, when, when, when boobs come out or when people started kissing in movies, when I was like 11 years old, I would just talk. I would say like, Hey, so did you see in that scene before? Like I was, just, it was pathological. I just need to you didn't divert see attention. Parents. I just diverted attention. I can't be the only one who did that. That's fair. I mean, I, you know, when you're a young kid, I think you obviously have a different thought. I mean, still to this day, it's kind of weird. But, um, but yeah, I, I've, you know, Sopranos is so great. Well, so, so he, here's the thing, right? You watch the Sopranos and the FBI features in it. And in every freaking mob movie, Goodfellas, you know, they're, they're, they're building the case against Henry Hill and, uh, you know, against Sorvino and, and, you're pulling for the mob guys. But in this in this documentary, you're made to pull for the cops, which is weird because, I mean, fundamentally, like you understand the purpose that cops serve in society, but it's weird. Like when it, when it comes to organized crime, perhaps because it's been romanticized by Hollywood and shit, uh, you, 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 tend, you tend to pull for the mobsters. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because, again, Hollywood has kind of romanticized the idea of the mafia or if it's because we kind of view them as operating in like a different sphere where they're only hurting each other and not really, yeah. not really affecting, you know, everyday citizens. Like they're not like rapists or pedophiles going out and infecting, you know, people on your street in your, in your, in your suburb. Right. So I don't know what it is, but it felt weird to pull for the cops watching this show. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when it comes to the mob, I mean, as I said, we're always kind of romanticized the outlaw, you know, we, we used to enjoy Westerns and, and that kind of stuff back in the day. But I think when it comes to the mob, I think you made a great point. It, you know, they're not hurting normal people. Um, you know, most of the time, you know, when you go to a neighborhood that's controlled by the mob, um, you know, they do do a nice job of protecting it. You're not going to see junkies running around and hookers and that kind of stuff. And it's kind of kept, uh, you know, kind of clean and, and they take care of it and police it. But, um, you know, I think when it comes to the police, uh, you know, I know how I know truly, I think it's some of the research that I've done, how truly um, heinous the FBI is and the things that they go to. You know, I, I think it's important to understand the people that were featured in the first episode of this documentary. Uh, you know, one of the guys, John A. Light, um, John A. Light is one of the most, you know, disgraced people in the mob ever. You know, he was a guy that, you know, kind of did all these bad things. Uh, made a ton of money and then threw everyone involved in the life that he was friends with under the bus and cooperated, you know? And I think, you know, those are the guys that, you know, you don't want to root for. Those are the guys that, you know, I find myself wanting to root, you know, hopefully that something bad happens to them, but it's this weird, you know, the FBI, they're both bad people, the FBI and uh, these people. Yeah. Well, 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 that's kind of, that was one of the things I noticed watching the series and, pretty much watching again watching the sopranos too and kind of seeing the duality between the fbi and the sopranos is that they're not that different i mean even watching the wolf of wall street right and and you kind of you kind of understand that jordan belfort um was doing bad shit you know fundamentally he was not a very morally 
you know, he was not a, he was, he was, he was, he was, you could argue he was a totally morally corrupt person, but you didn't really have a lot of sympathy for the FBI agent that was running after him. Right. And the idea was like, we're kind of the same, you know, like you, the FBI agent want to be me and, and you're obsessed with me kind of like movie critics, you know, couldn't have made it as producers or directors or, you know, critics of restaurants can't fucking cook for shit, you know, or whatever people who, people who, people who write don't long to be critics of great novelists. So there's that element to it for sure. Um, there's that, yeah, there's that element to it for sure. But then there's also this weird human instinct where like, where you, you, you just fundamentally don't like anyone that, that turns their back on anyone, even if the people that they turn their back on were doing shit that might've been harming people. Uh, I mean, whatever, you know, you, you, could, you can make a case as to whether or not drugs should be legal, point blank, period, right? If people should have mm-hmm. the choice to, to, to do whatever the fuck they want. Certainly a good case to make, you know, and you could argue also that if, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, if it's not if it's not Gino and uh, Gino and Sal in New York that are pushing that are pushing drugs, it'll be someone else who does, and they're just fulfilling a market, you know, a market demand for it. Uh, but you could still make the case, I guess, that the mob are still hurting society in some ways, right? Just by instilling, you know, just by inflicting violence on the streets and you know, dealing dealing think, dealing um, drugs, offering. Vi- but again, these are vices that would otherwise be be offered. But let's just say we assume that everything the mob does is immoral. You still don't like a guy turning his back on them. Like Johnny Alite did. You don't like it. This is weird conditioning that we have to just not like people who, who betray people, you know, even if they're good, whether they're good or bad people. Yeah. I, I think, you know, when it comes to the mob and, and whether this country is safer with them or not, I, I think you can, and, and, I, and I mean this, and I, I would never lie to you. Um, I think th- this country is safer with the mob around. I think that to say that they're, um, you know, not, you can look at crime in those neighborhoods. It was very low when the mob was around. Um, you know, most of the time uh, the mob wasn't out killing each other uh, most of the time. And, and then again, the Columbus had their wars and different families had their wars. But, you know, I think ultimately when the mob was around, I think a lot of people in those areas felt safe. Um, and I think the ultimate betrayal are these people that, you know, take an oath, um, you know, and they decide after decades of, of being in something and, 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 and kind of taking that oath, you know, they're going to completely throw their friends under the bus just because they don't want to go to prison. The old adage is, you know, if you play in dirt, you get dirty and you got to face the consequences yeah. that you deal with. And you live by the sword, you die by it. Yeah, you know? exactly. You and, know the and, rules. Yeah. yeah and exactly. these guys that kind of throw it under the bus and say, you know what, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'd rather just cooperate and live under anonymity. I think that's where you, you kind of stop rooting for them. It's an easy life, right? I mean, it's difficult in that you got stress and shit and your family might go through hardship. They might get threatened. You might get threatened, whatever. You know, you have fear, you, you have fear of indictment. But, but in general, it's easy to make money if you turn to crooked ways. So it's like, you know, you, you want to do that, fine. Play the odds. Take, you know, take the risk. Granted, this is also, I, 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 you know, this is also 30, 40, 50 years ago we're talking about here that a lot of these guys would have got into it when it was kind of the glory days of the mob unlike now which we can get into in a little bit but i i mean you, you could argue that back then it was even easier than it is now to get into organized crime right i mean they were basically untouchable so the idea is you know if you want to fucking get into it and you want to take advantage of that kind of easy life go for it but you know the risks involved right and you know you, you can't have your cake and eat it too 
Yeah, I mean, obviously back then, you know, if if you were an Italian and you lived in Bro- the Bro- Brooklyn, the Bronx, Queens, Manhattan, Staten Island, really wherever you were, um, you know, or Chicago or South Philadelphia or, or wherever there was an Italian enclave, you know, if you were a young man in in those neighborhoods, you know, a lot of the guys that, that we talk about, a lot of the guys that, that became mobsters, you know, were normal people. Um, you know, they maybe had a father that was struggling to get work and, you know, they didn't want to grow up that way. So they went out and did what they had to do. You know, there are guys that, that didn't have families around them and they, they kind of just went into a life of crime. I mean, we talk about a guy in one of our shows, Carmine Persico. Um, he came from a family. His father was a, a legal stenographer. He had a great job, a really good upbringing. Um, and by 15, Carmen Persco was a murderer. He had killed somebody. Um, so you never really know where someone's going to go. But I think when you're Italian in these times, 50s, 60s, 70s, um, you grew up, you look down the street, you see guys that are that are that are in suits and they have nice cars and they've got women around them and they've got money to blow. And then you're looking at the guy down the street shoveling concrete and he's making, you know, six, seven, eight dollars an hour. And you say, well, who the hell wants to do that? I'm not going to get caught up. All I got to do is move some numbers or collect some bets or, 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 or rob some people. Um, it doesn't seem half that bad. So, um, and I think that's the problem really, Sam, in, in general, you know, when we look at whether, you know, in any, in any, um, you know, nationality or any race, you know, if you live in a neighborhood that, that's African-American, you may look down the corner, you see guys selling drugs and you say, why the hell am I going to go work at Walmart when I can make three, four, five hundred dollars a day? And I really don't got to do that much. Yeah, um, it, it's just kind of a common thing. And you know, a lot of these guys in the 30s, 40s, 50s, um, being a mobster w- was bigger than being the president. And, uh, you know, a lot of people would want it. Yeah, well, that, that was a that was a theme of Goodfellas, right? Right off the get go, yes. right? They were talking about sure. how it was one of the things that they, they, they loved about it was just the life itself. And now I'm happy you brought up other communities going through similar similar sort of cycles because it is definitely the case. I mean, if you go to fucking East Atlanta, it's the same shit, man. It's the same shit in black communities where, you know, a bunch of African-American guys, doesn't matter what fucking color or background you're from, the human mind reacts the same in certain situations, right? So in squalor, right? In times of squalor where, you know, whatever, you you don't come from a very affluent background and everyone you know is involved in certain, you know, s- certain undertakings. I don't know. It's, it's easy to fall into. I don't know if you've seen Gomorra, um, which is a show about, organized crime in Naples in Italy, basically in current year. It's an incredible show. It's one of the best foreign shows out there. If you haven't seen it, you definitely need to get into it. But dude, I mean, I know, I know we're talking about Italians in, in New York and Italians in Italy here, but I think we can, I think we can kind of draw a pretty hard line between them and say that there's a big cultural difference between the two. Very different, very different environments, uh, or very different cultural environments, I should say, but very similar um, socioeconomic environments very, uh, very similar situations where there, there is squalor. There are a bunch of young people who get involved in this sort of shit. And you have to decide, do I go to school? Do I try to rough it out? You know, do I try to, do I try to get out of this, this, uh, you know, this, this hardship the hard way, or do I do what a lot of other people my age are doing and kind of follow the crowd? You see it there too. And anyway, Gomorra documents it really well. Have you heard of the, have you heard of the show, bro? It's fucking excellent. Yeah, I have. I um, I definitely have to start watching. I uh, I haven't watched it yet, but you know, I know from just from what I know, you know, the the Andrangheta and and the Camorra that are over there now. I mean, are, are violent. They're they're and you're right. They're very similar to what you see here. Now, obviously, over there, they're way more lethal. Uh, but yeah, it's very similar from you said as a socioeconomic standpoint, and um, you know, it, it really just happens in in every group, uh, regardless. I know, man. 
but you, you made me laugh because <laughs> you, you were talking about you were talking about Johnny Alite before and how he he basically kind of turned his turned his back on uh, on the mob who had you know who who he who he had been a part of for most of his life. Dude, I was wondering throughout the series, who the fuck is this guy? Who is this guy? How did he get out alive? Because they basically talked to two mobsters, right? Two former mobsters. One of them was Michael Francese, who everyone knows about now because he's a born again on YouTube who's been, you know, who, who's been in the mainstream for the longest time now. And this other guy. And I'm like, who is fucking Johnny Alite? Who is he? Who the yeah, fuck so- is he? And, and but then at the end, they dropped the bomb on you. Johnny Alite in 2005 <laughs> was indicted and went into fucking witness protection. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, I was pulling for this guy. I don't know. And, you know, and out of nowhere, you, you, they just dropped this bomb on you. I guess it's probably smart if they had said straight off, you know, right out the get go. Yeah, I, I ratted on everyone I knew. And that's why I'm talking to you here now today. And I'm not rotten in jail. <laughs> you wouldn't have been able to listen to the guy for three episodes. Well, John A. Light was, you know, kind of an interesting guy in, in a way. Uh, he's actually Albanian like me, um, and he's from Queens, and he grew up in kind of a rough area of Queens, and he started out kind of, uh, you know, just doing some scores around the neighborhood. He becomes friends with John Gotti Jr., John's son. Uh, they kind of start working together. From what John Gotti Jr. says, he's chased out of the neighborhood in 1991, and he starts doing business down in Florida, uh, one thing leads to another and and he cooperates and you know john it's funny uh sam on the internet now john has a youtube channel john a light he has a youtube channel and he has a pretty pretty rough reputation around the internet because a lot of people don't buy his stories per se um he's a guy with plenty of tall tales and you know when it comes to michael franzese you know you talk about a guy that you know is really the total opposite of really any mobster you know, his father was probably one of the most stand-up guys in the history of the mob. His father was... <laughs> he kills me. He kills me. He's just the most stubborn human being to ever have lived. <laughs> no, his father was very tough. His father did... I mean, his father was doing, you know, extortion at 96, 97 years old. I mean, he was a, a true blue gangster. And his son was a bit of a yuppie kind of kid, you know, rich kid, if you will. Uh, and, you know, he actually ended up Michael Frenzies creating and being a part of one of the biggest scams in the history of the mob. And they made a ton of money, but you know, Michael was not a, a leg breaker. Michael was a, was an earner. He made some money. Um, I think he'll tell you, he probably wasn't cut out for this life, but he went into it. Um, he'll also tell you he didn't cooperate. He did. Uh, he cooperated against a couple of people. Um, and, and that's something that you can look up on your own, but um, yeah, I mean, the truth is a lot of the times when you see these documentaries, the only people they can get you to talk are, are guys that, that, that informed. And, um, you know, that's a sad thing, but John a Lake didn't kill a hundred people, which will tell you, and he didn't beat up 50 people. He didn't do any of that stuff. Did he do some things? Yeah. Does he embellish some things? Yeah. I mean, who the, who the hell's going to fucking fact check him? They're all dead or in jail. Right. I mean, exactly. Yeah. And he knows that, but like, I think, like, you know, the problem that he has is there are people like me that, you know, go in and look at these indictments and they look at the 302 sessions that he had with uh, the FBI. And, and, you know, there are things that, that don't back up. Now, was John Elad a tough dude? Yes, he was. Uh, was he in the mob? Yeah, he was an associate. Was he a made man? No, he was Albanian, so he couldn't be. But, um, and he did some things. He was around some tough people, but, um, you know, ultimately he decided that he couldn't, uh, he couldn't do the time and, uh, you know, he cooperated. But yeah, it's funny. Uh, they always save all that cooperating stuff to the end because uh, you, the viewer, won't watch it after. You turn on them right away. Dude, doesn't Sammy Gravano have a YouTube channel too now? It's like the thing to do. It's, yeah. 
Yeah, it's like the thing to do, and they talk about how much respect they have for the FBI, and they're like, yeah, you know, like they, they had a job to do. They were doing their job. You know, we were doing our job. <laughs> it's just like it's, – it's, it's, it's almost like – what I find funny is like it was almost – it feels now like it was a game. Like 40 years ago, all right, we all played the game. We're good now. Like it feels like it feels like, Franz, it feels like Francais would go to lunch with an FBI guy and be totally happy to shoot the shit and just talk about sports. It's like everything that happens didn't even happen. It feels like. That's the vibe I get anyway. Yeah, I mean, and when you look at Gravano, I mean, he has a pretty, I mean, pretty damn successful YouTube channel. Uh, he does, uh, he's probably a guy out of all of them. Um, you know, you, you talk about tough. I mean, and look, at one point, Sam Gravano is one of the most powerful people in the mob. I mean, once Paul Castellano was taken out, um, you know, he was right up, up there with Gotti. He was making decisions. He was involved in, you know, upwards of 20 murders. You know, he was a tough, really feared guy. He made a lot of money. Um, and he has stories for days. And look, am I going to knock him for YouTube channel? Of course not. He has a ton of stories. I think he's interesting. Does he embellish things? Of course he does. Um, you know, do I find what he did sickening? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm not in the mafia. I know you're not either. And, you know, if I were in the mafia and I got jammed up for what I did, I would go to jail because I kind of realized, you know what, I decided to do this and I'm going to, I'm going to deal with the consequences, but um, you know, these guys just have other ideas and, and yeah, I guess you could say to Sammy, you know, at the end of the day, Sammy's going to die by himself and, you know, not, uh, you know, not in jail, rotting away and, and he can make a little money and, and live happily. So maybe he won at the end of the day, but, um, but yeah, a lot of them have channels. They're all out there, man. I, I don't know. It's just weird to look at what a lot of those people then are doing now. You got fucking Rudy Giuliani, like just getting sandbagged by Borat and you're like, what happened, man? What the fuck? How do we get to this point? A lot of them have fell from grace for sure. He was a good looking guy too back then. You know, full full head of hair, yep. slim, yep. state statesman like. Yeah. <laughs> You're sure. just like, what the fuck happened? How did you get how did you go from that to being outside the four seasons garden? What, what was it? When 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 Trump announced yeah. yeah, four seasons landscaping when Trump announced the fuck a fucking press conference outside the four seasons in Pennsylvania and people were like, what well, there, 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 there is no, there is no four seasons. Is there four seasons in Philadelphia? People- it's some kind of landscaping company. I no, don't know no, much I, about I, it. Is, but- is there, is there a four seasons in Philly? I think either was it that people showed up to the four seasons in Philly or people were like, there is no four seasons in Pennsylvania. What are you talking uh, about? I, I believe that's what happened. You know, down the road, if, if, if we ever get this show like really picked up and we, we kind of go flying with it, I, uh, I'm going to attempt to uh, interview Giuliani, see if I can get him on and, and, and talk to him about the mob stuff and, and I'll have to ask him about that. You got to ask him about Borat and you got to ask him about what the hell they were doing. I will. You got to ask him what he thought when, uh, when, when Borat ran out of the closet and like, was it pink underwear? Like Jeff, like the ones Jeff Nadeau is probably wearing right now behind, yes. the, behind yes, the screen have, that I, that I'm not, that I'm not able to see. That, that he I'll have to ask him, <laughs> man. Um, this is, uh, this, this has been a lot of fun, but bro, real, real quick question. Um, capital of Senegal, go the car capital of Morocco. Let's go quick fire. Rabat. Capital, fuck me. Capital of Nepal. Kathmandu. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Nadu. Let's fucking go, man. You're a geography guy like I am, man. I was really, I was, I was fired up. And I, and I only, I only realized that in the last week. And I was like, man, if I get this guy in the fucking pot, I've got to, I just got to spring it on him out of nowhere. I can't, I can I can't go all day with it. those for the most I, part. I can't, I can't too, man. We can go. I can't lose right in now. Europe. I'm, I'm undefeated. I can't lose in Europe either. Do you want to go toe to, let's go fucking toe to toe right now. Every until, until one of us fails to think of a country in Europe. All right. Uh, Moldova. Just an hour. I'm not cheating. 
I, okay. on my on on everything. Just an owl. All right. I can't tell if you're cheating. I don't even know what color underwear you're wearing right now. I, I'm but. not cheating. I, I'm too quick to cheat. Uh, okay, Romania. Bucharest. Very good. Uh, Liechtenstein. Vaduz. There you go. Uh, 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 Luxembourg. Luxembourg. Ooh, I know this one. Uh, don't over, don't over, don't overthink it. I think it's Luxembourg, isn't it? Well done, well done, man. I think it's too so small. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Point proven. Point taken. Point taken, bro. Um. So listen, I appreciate you doing this. I'm gonna let you go soon because I know you got a you got a big serious call in uh, in a few minutes, and I really do appreciate you sneaking this in before uh before the end of the evening. Um. What's uh what's uh what's on tap for uh for you in the in the upcoming months? What are you what are you planning on doing? Uh, that you're yeah, able to so, reveal. Yeah, so I think, you know, the next goal for me, you know, we, like I've said to you, I think we really believe that the sit down, the show that we have, we think it's, we think it's a winner. You know, we think that if we can get it in front of more eyes, it can be something big. And as I said, you know, people are enthralled by the villain and uh, mob stuff's always hot. You know, I envision interviews and, you know, obviously continue to do the show. And I've got ideas for, for cooking shows and, um, movie reviews and, 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 and all sorts of different things. So, um, I think there's a lot of meat on the bone here. Uh, I'll continue to do my sports betting stuff and you know, just try to find a home for everything that I'm doing. You know, right now I'm kind of a free agent, just kind of figuring out the next step and go from there. But, uh, it was cool to chat with you. Uh, maybe during the season I can come on and we can talk about some football, uh, some Italy stuff and, uh, keep doing what you're doing, brother. For sure, man. I got one last question before you, before uh, you got before it. Or two, actually, one's a quick one. What are you smoking? Yeah. It's, is that a vapor? Is that a is that a jewel? Or I hear I hear some kind of crazy inhaling going on. What is? No, it? I think I just moved the uh, I moved the mic closer to me. I actually don't smoke. I've never smoked anything, man. Really? Uh, no smoke has ever touched my lungs. I don't uh, I don't drink. I don't uh, I don't do drugs. I don't do any of that stuff. Do you have cousins in Albania, like first cousins that you've gone to visit, or any family at all? Well, you know the thing is, this is some crazy shit. So um. My father is one of 15. Holy fuck. Oh, right. So, oh my God. Um, but yeah, how's that, that possible? That's like, <laughs> that's like 30 years of childbearing. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So it's crazy because my dad was, was born here. Um, okay. And I have, I have family in England, France. Uh, you know, obviously I have extended family over there somewhere, which I'll find someday. But, um, yeah, I grew up pretty Americanized, uh, to be really honest with you. You know, all my family, you know, I, I grew up in the city, you know, my, my grandparents, I, I was big, my grandpa was, was pretty important, my mom's father. Um, I didn't really communicate a lot with my father's family, but my mother... Uh, you could be forgiven, man. There's so fucking many of them. How do you keep track? No, there are. And, and my, my, my grandpa, my mom's side was like my dad, my second dad. My dad worked a lot when I was a kid. You know, he's okay. always trying to put, you know, food, you know, he was, he was a, a tough worker and he was always okay, out there, okay. you know, doing shit. And I, I was always around my grandfather and he taught me everything about sports. And, um, you know, I was always kind of in a city atmosphere and, and, and that's kind of where you, you get along and find different culture and different people. And, um, but yeah, as far as Albania, I'll get over there someday and, uh, and we'll have some fun over there, but yeah, I don't smoke. So you didn't hear any vape. Okay. Okay. No, I hope you do get over there. The reason I was asking is because if you have been over, you definitely would have been offered something. Because, dude, when I was like 17 and I went to Italy for uh, the nth time, whatever I've been going you know, throughout my youth, um, yeah. I've been very lucky to have gone back many times. And my dad's from um, Cosenza, which is a, yeah. a, a province in Calabria near Sicily. Yeah. Um, so, so 
I was shocked, bro. I was 17 years old, man. I'd never smoked either because I played like competitive sports all my life, whatever. I was a good boy. I was in a fucking Jesuit high school. And, 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 and bro, I, my, I was shocked. My cousin, who was three years younger than me, who I'd known since he's like maybe six years old, eventually passes me a cigarette. We're out for a walk and he just opens a pack of cigarettes. He's 14. I go, what are you doing? He's like, oh, yeah, bro. He goes, yeah, I've been smoking since I've been smoking for two Everyone years. Everyone smokes. He, go, he, go, he goes, I've been smoking for two years now. Since you were last here, I go, what? You were in smoking two years ago? No, no, no. He goes, uh, right after you left, I picked it up. I go, bro, you were 12. He's like, yeah. He goes, here, try one. I go, okay, fine. I'll try it. I said, even if it's the best thing ever, it could be fucking morphine. I'm never going to take another hit, but I'll do it just to show you that I can do it. I'm coughing up a lung. And he's like, he's 14. He's telling me, no, no, it's, it's okay. It's okay. First one's always the hardest. And I'm like, no, I'm done. <laughs> I'm fucking done. But it's, it's unreal, man. They, they, it's like they, they, grow, they grow up so quickly over there and they start smoking as, as, as literal children. But uh, I mean, yeah, I've seen I've seen kids in Albania shooting guns that are like six, seven years old and stuff. I, so, yeah, it's it's not surprising. But, you know, it's interesting because I actually live near the Amish now and um, they're they're a group that uh, they do stuff young as well. You know, you see kids out, you know, riding horses and stuff. They're two, three, four years old. So, yeah, there's a lot of cultures that uh, definitely grow their kids up quick. That's fucking hilarious, man. The Amish man, fucking, fucking riding horses that young. But I mean, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna live that kind of lifestyle, you may as well kind of just go all in and say, well, you know, we 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 love horses and buggies so much that uh, that we're gonna that we're gonna just. I mean, we we've just, we've decided that it's the. Per- I think Family Guy did a bit on that a few years ago where they said like this is the perfect amount of technology in 18, 1873. Uh, not too much, not too little. So th- this is exactly how we want to live forever. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna fucking rock. If you're going to rock that way, I mean, you may as well just you may as well get people indoctrinated young enough that before they start questioning it to the point that, like, as long as they can remember, they've always been riding horses. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Anyway, so so. OK, so last last question, Jeff. Mm-hmm. How easy would it have been for you to be a criminal back in the 20s? Fuck it, it's 1920. There's no there's no wiretapping. There's none of that shit. I had this thought today before I watched the show. Cause I was like, dude, if you want to get into petty crime, I mean, I would have been a fucking, I would have been a fucking, knowing everything I know now, I would have been, I would have been a kingpin at anything I wanted. Am I nuts? You know more about mob history than I am. Am I naive? Or it, would it not have been super easy in the mid 20th century? Nah, you know what, man? We, um, we, we had this conversation on the show. We talked about it a lot about how, how do people get arrested for anything, man? No, listen, I said this even into the 60s, 70s, 80s. I I would have definitely been been in in that life. But yeah, right now, I mean, you know, you look at 2021, it's really difficult to do crime, you know, legitimate crime, you know, and you really can't get away with anything. But yeah, back then it was if there wasn't an eyeball witness or or something like that, you're not going to get jammed up on anything. And yeah, I'm I'm, I guess I'm glad in a way that I didn't grow up in those times because I definitely would have. But um yeah, no, you're you're 100 right. We've talked about that before. And no fear of consequences. I, I gotta I gotta expand on that idea further now because it's 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 absolutely bonkers to me that like just you can't get away with anything now. They could triangulate your location on a phone if they need to if they think any criminal activity might have been going on in your area. I mean, fucking in the 1970s, they didn't even know the RICO Act existed. <laughs> you kidding me? So anyway, dude, I appreciate you coming on, man. I'm gonna throw on some Don Hani for you to go out to. Is that cool? Don Hani, Don Zani. How's that? How's it pronounced? Like that, that, that Albanian drill guy, the guy, I'm not sure. I don't know who you're talking about. Oh my God. I'm going to have to send you a video right now. I mean, I might, I mean, I might be, you know, you might, you know, end up being pronouncing it correctly. I'm probably, I'm probably, no, I think it's Don Johnny because, because it's, I mean, it's, it's X O N I kind of like Jaka, Granite Jaka, Don Johnny. I think that's how, 
Yeah, I'll, I don't know him. I I'll send you a I know Don, You're gonna go nuts. You're gonna. Go I know nuts. Don Finum, but I don't know Don Johnny. I don't know him. He's he's a Albanian. He's a Albanian drill artist who went who went off on like this this minute forty five second freestyle, bro. You, you're gonna go out to that shit if you do listen All back right. to this. You're gonna be people listening to the pod right now in post after I put it in. Are fucking losing their minds. This guy, this guy's unreal, man. Dude, I appreciate you coming on. Much love to you, and uh, all the best, uh, all the best going forward, man. Thanks a lot to Jeff Nadu for joining us on the podcast this week. It was a lot of fun, um, even though he uh, was most likely in his underwear uh, throughout the interview. I had a great time catching up with him. Best of luck, uh, best of luck to him as he. Uh, as he maybe looks to get back into the, uh, the, 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 the barstool world, I guess. Um, but yeah, man, you know, if, if they want you on the show, just show up, man. If they want you on, uh, if they want you on pick central, just fu- fucking show up, man. Just show up, you know, <laughs> uh, that's, but, uh, I, I hope, I hope it happens. If it does, I'll watch, I'll watch the show a little bit more, Nick. I know you do quite often. Gents, th- thanks for, uh, thanks for joining as well, man. It was, uh, we had a great night. We had a nice, uh, we had a nice afternoon and a nice evening together. I'm glad we got to do this again, despite the audio issues. Um, I think it's it was a nice reminder, you know, to you as to why you, you you're 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 happy to not be doing this anymore. But it was nice to to reconnect in person and just shoot the shit again. So I'm just happy that you don't go through these audio issues yourself uh, on a weekly basis. That's only with you. It's only with you. Of you course, you, you saved them for me, right? No, it's it's been uh, it's been good. It's been good to to hold the mic again. It's fun and. Uh, you know, whatever. I'm happy with the way you've taken the pod. Obviously, it's uh, it's gone a different direction there, and <laughs> I, I I wish I wish I listened to to more of it because, uh, again, I'll be frank. Uh, I I listen to like one or two podcasts, and that's it. And it's like the same two over and over again. But no, uh, in all seriousness, uh, it's good to be back. Uh, big things. Nobody's ahead, holding I'm you sure. back, bro. Big, big thing, big things ahead for the cultural podcast for sure. Changing it up, pivoting, uh, stand up on the on the way. Who knows? Uh, all, always, man. always different shit happening. It's uh, fun to be back. So, listeners, uh, just a little heads up. Uh, next week we'll be potting probably in the midweek. We'll preview City Up briefly. I don't know. It'll be the it'll be the last pod before the seat before the season starts. I'm fucking off to Greece for a couple of weeks after. I'll still be potting there live. Uh, we'll see how the we'll see how the fucking internet connections are. Probably will just be me solo, uh, riffing alone in uh, in a uh, in the Socratic house. Uh, uh, on like low quality audio, like but, uh, low res sound. But we'll we'll, we'll, you we'll know keep what it is. yeah. But we'll, we'll we'll keep it rolling. Any news comes, uh, you know where to fucking catch us. It's uh, at Cultural Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. The Cultural Podcast on Facebook. Subscribe if you like the podcast. If you tuned in for the first time, really do appreciate the support. Much love to you all. And until next time, listeners. We'll catch you soon. Enjoy this outro, uh, Nick. What do you? What do you? What do you? Uh, what are you, you craving? What do you want to go out to? Do you have anything in particular? Man, you love putting me on the spot. Um, let's go. Move the good beat. Pa. Yeah. Pa 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 pa. I'm not chasing money. There needs me some avenue. Ma holy common men of gas can till it go fill it Dungeon, Emery Yam Kostan Sake Chakene Address a Hallo New Chicago, Mirsen Avenue
baby deli grossa Dai a fe o si sosa Tu vom me cere ros Pa familia cosa nostra O pa si cer lactosa Shok vde kun bitosa Une bona i pori Ma basta, basta, pune rasta, rasta Trili jem nuk kot pak, bicha ti plasa, plasa Jo ti po maf, maf, marjeri maf Veçanta, druni jem nuk kot kupi dymbar mi kasa, kasa Jaj, stop, make a pose, my drill, Rolls Royce You know them boys, we shoot, no joke Pam, pam, vi me dju, pam, pam, si me dru Pet na femon të zbish, vish me kalash kena dju Vish me kalash kena dju